Hello, hello everyone. How are you today? Uh, welcome. I pray that you are all doing well. Give me one second here. I accidentally logged out of my um, card bean. Okay, just one moment here. Hello, hello. Welcome, everyone. I pray that you're all doing well uh, this evening. Uh, welcome back to the Divinity Life podcast. And uh, yeah, I pray that um, you all had a blessed day today and that you are uh, standing strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so um, we are here. I'm just going to give you a couple minutes for who, uh, whoever else wants to come on. And I'm going to uh, add some information here, such as the message title. I hope that you can all hear me okay. Let me turn up the volume. Okay. Hope that you're all doing well. Save that. Hello, 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 welcome. Okay. Um, well, uh, we are uh, here and welcome to everyone who is watching or who's listening by podcast as well as uh, watching live stream by uh, YouTube or Facebook or YouTube and Facebook. So welcome to everyone. And uh, tonight is uh, Thursday. So we are going uh, into uh, our topic for tonight, which is um, uh, on Thursdays, we do, uh, we're doing a series called Prophetic Predators, Prophetic Predators. And we are uh, doing uh, this series uh, in order to expose prophetic predators for the purpose of healing and restoration in the body of Christ. Um, so, you know, this has to do with uh, healing and restoration um, for people who have experienced sexual, emotional, mental, physical, or financial abuse, any form of abuse at the hands of clergy, uh, church abuse. Uh, some people are struggling with church hurt and things of that nature. And uh, we're going to get to the bottom of that. And so uh, I am here. And the reason that I am able to uh, to uh, sit here and share with you is because I have been there and back. I have been there and back, meaning that God brought me through it 
He brought me through it. And it was by the grace of God that I made it through. And so I came out on the other side to help someone else. And that is why I'm here. So we're going to deal with it. We're going to deal with it. Um, so uh, welcome to everyone. I see a couple of people coming on. So welcome. Uh, you can, uh, if you'd like to uh, leave a comment just to say hello uh, that you are here uh, before we get started. If you're here, if you're here, just just wave your hand or say, you know, type hi <laughs> in the comments. Glory to God. This is going to be uh, this is going to be very very good tonight. Uh, I will be sharing a lot from my personal experience uh, to help uh, heal, you know, uh, people who have had these experiences with prophetic predators, prophetic predators. So tonight, once again, we are talking about prophetic predators. And this is not only prophets, but uh, leadership or clergymen who uh, uh, are of a predator nature and, you know, have taken advantage and, and are taking advantage of people in the church. So, yeah, that's what we're talking about tonight. If you're just coming on, welcome. Just say hello in the chat and I will be able to acknowledge you. I can't see the chat on the, um, on the podcast here, but let's see. Do I need to click something? I don't know. I guess. Uh, I guess. Okay. We're not going to worry about it. I'm just going to. I think I have everything. Everything right. Okay. All right. So welcome once again. <laughs> um. So I want to start start off by saying I felt so much better today. Uh, this morning, I just want to start off with a little testimony because last night I showed I shared with you guys uh, concerning my little issue with the uh, with the flare up and the arthritis, you know, trying to, the arthritis attack, right? <laughs> and so uh, this morning, uh, when I was uh, coming out of prayer, um, I was. Uh, you know, about to get up and I immediately expected a struggle because it's been a struggle for me to like, uh, you know, stand up after I've been sitting down or laying down, you know, for uh, any amount of time, any significant amount of time. So um, I was getting up <laughs> from prayer and I felt something leave me. I felt something leave me. Um, I felt it. I felt it. And um, the presence of God, you know, uh, was very strong. It has just been, you know, resting. And um, so, you know, you can you're very sensitive when you're in the presence of God. You notice everything. Uh, your spirit is very, very uh, sensitive and aware and alert. And so uh, when I went to stand up, you know, I was thanking God for my healing in the prayer in, in you know, in my time with him and, and stuff. And so I was just like, thank you, Lord, because I really didn't know what to expect today, you know, but I was just thanking him for it. And when I went to stand up, I felt that thing leave me. I felt it leave me. Uh, you can feel it when the spirit leaves you. And so I felt that and I was like, 
suddenly like this sigh of relief, you know, came came out. And um, before I knew anything, I had stood up and I was walking and I didn't feel any pain whatsoever, you know. And I was like, oh, oh, OK, thank you, Lord, you know. <laughs> So uh, I just wanted to share that with you guys and and thank you for your prayers. I have been doing much better today. Um, and uh, thank you all so much for uh, for standing in the gap for me. <laughs> I really appreciate that. You know, the word of God says that uh, greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Um, and what that means is that, you know, uh, this is not easy, you know, when you are um, going to bat for someone else or standing in a place of intercession for someone else. Intercession is not always just prayer, but it's also just laying down your life. Excuse me, my glasses seem crooked. Laying down your life for, for another, you know, and um, uh, putting yourself, you know, laying yourself as a sacrifice or putting yourself oftentimes in harm, in harm's way for someone else so that someone else can be helped. And so, uh, you know, that is just part of the journey. So I understand that I've understood that since I was very young, um, by God's grace, you know, and it's just something that God puts in our hearts or instills in us that we want to protect people, you know? And so that's just the nature that God gave to me. And, um, I don't care if I get hurt in the process. You know what I mean? So, you know, when I say, you know, I'm not afraid, I'm not, I'm really, really not. Uh, I could sit here and tell you story after story about <laughs> the times that I, uh, you know, in, uh, interjected and stopped someone from getting hurt, you know, physically hurt. And I just said, hey, you know, here I am, you know, <laughs> You want to get to her, you got to come through me, you know, so it's it's just like that. And um, yeah, you know, it, it is a, uh, you know, it is a, uh, a situation where, you know, the attacks are, are very real. And um, anyone else who is an intercessor understands that, that, that you know, it's just, it just goes with the territory. So, um, yeah, that's that's what this thing is about. That's what our whole calling and our whole. Um, life here is really about is, is sacrifice. It's laying down your life for a friend. That's why Jesus said, you know, um, when they asked him, well, you know, what are, what are the commandments? And he said, I want you to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And he also said, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for a friend. Amen. And so we believe in that. And so uh, I'm looking here and I think, um, uh, perhaps, you know, uh, we're ready to go. We're ready to get started. So uh, I'm going to uh, pray and um, we're going to go ahead and jump in. OK, so, uh, Father, we just want to thank you for this time that you've allowed us to come together tonight. We thank you, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit that is here. We thank you, Father God, for the spirit of truth. Heavenly Father, let the spirit of truth walk up and down, O oh Lord, in us and through us tonight and let it have free course and let your name be glorified. Let your word be glorified. We thank you, Father, that you sent your word and it healed them. Oh God, it heals us. We thank you for a word that is so alive, that is so real, that is so true, that continues to prove itself. 
uh, century after century, Father God, your, your word still stands true in the scriptures that cannot be broken. We thank you and we give you praise tonight, Father God, for, uh, for your, uh, wisdom, Father God, for the spirit of wisdom uh, that is here tonight, Father, and for the spirit, Lord God, of understanding and knowledge, oh Lord God, that we that you want to give us knowledge in all spiritual and, and natural things, Father. So we thank you tonight. I pray, Father, over these that the eyes of their understanding will be open, will be enlightened, that you will give them ears to hear and hearts to perceive and to understand in Jesus' mighty name, Father God. I pray, Heavenly Father, Father, that um, that uh, someone will be healed through this message tonight, that someone will be delivered, someone will be set free, that someone's prison doors will swing open for them tonight in Jesus' mighty name, that somebody's chains will be utterly broken and destroyed, that their shackles will be utterly broken and destroyed. Father God, that they will be set free emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually in the name of Jesus, financially in the name of Jesus. Father God, that you will break off every limitation off of their life in the name of Jesus, Father God, every spell, every curse, every hex, oh Father God, anything that the enemy tried to put on them, tried to leave in them, Father God, that it will be utterly destroyed and consumed by the fire of the Holy Spirit tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, I take authority over these airwaves right now. I believe the blood of Jesus against every satanic assignment, plot, plan, strategy in Jesus mighty name. I, I disannul it and cancel it right now. I decree that it shall not, it shall not prosper and will never prosper in Jesus mighty name that no weapon formed here will ever prosper in Jesus mighty name tonight. Hallelujah. I bleed the blood of Jesus over the eyes, the ears, the hearts of this people, Father God, over, over every man, woman, and child who comes across this recording in Jesus' mighty name. Father, may they be uh, divinely protected and may they be divinely healed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you and we honor you. Let your, let your, uh, let your Holy Spirit take over and hijack this entire message, hijack this entire uh, moment of time, hijack my mouth and my words in Jesus mighty name. This is your, this is your show, father. This is your show. This is your platform. This is your, your, uh, your people, father. And I am your daughter and your servant. So let your name be glorified and let your word be exalted and let your power be made known and let your glory be revealed in Jesus mighty name. We thank you for the spirit of deliverance that is here tonight, the spirit of deliverance, healing and deliverance in the mighty name of Christ Jesus. We thank you and we give you all the glory, all the honor and all the praise, Father. And we call it done in Jesus name. Amen. Glory to be to God. So uh, tonight, once again, we are talking about prophetic predators. And I want to give a little uh, disclaimer here because, um, you know, uh, once again, you know, uh, prophets are always kind of um, shunned for the message and the word that God gives to them when they have to release it. So I just want you to know that I am just, you know, I am just uh, the mailman. I'm, I'm, I'm under assignment. I'm here to do what the Lord 
told me to do. And, you know, if the word falls on your doorstep, I'm sorry, it has fallen on mine before, you know, and understand that I believe in speaking the truth in love. I'm not here to beat anyone uh, or condemn anyone or to shame anyone. Hello, Mama Leela. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Um, we are not into that. We are not into, you know, condemning people. We are not into, you know, accusing them. That's the devil's job. It's not our job. Um, but it is our job to judge all things because the Bible says that the saints shall judge all things. And so, you know, um, this is what we're here to do is to judge is these spirits and to uh, deliver the people from the hands of these demonic spirits. Uh, the Bible, the Bible says that we are destroyed for lack of knowledge. A lot of times people are being deceived. People are being duped. People are being manipulated simply because of what they don't know and what they don't understand. And so someone has to shine the light of truth. Amen. And if you have the truth, and uh, and you are not shining the light, then Jesus said that you're just like, you know, one who puts who puts their candle under a bushel and, and no one can see that light. So no one can be helped by what you know. You're not helping anyone by harboring, you know, the truth to yourself. And this is something I had to learn because a lot of the things that I'm about to share with you, I was afraid to share. I was afraid to uh, tell anyone because, uh, uh, you know, I, I immediately felt threatened. I would hear threats and in, in, in my mind. And I knew I know now that that was not coming from anywhere else. But, you know, but uh, the satanic realm, it, they were, these were demons threatening me. You know, you better not say anything. You know, you better not because people are going to say this and accusing me. Uh, for for even thinking of trying to tell the truth, you know, so I could help someone else. And so, you know, um, this is a very uh, this is a very serious thing. And uh, we take it seriously here. But uh, the ultimate goal is for souls to be saved, to be set free and to be delivered, to be made free by the truth. Amen. And so that is what uh, this uh exposure is all about. That's what it's all about. And, um, you know, some, I hear somebody say, somebody may say, well, you know, it's, it's God's job to expose people. Yes. But just like, uh, anything else, God needs a body. He uses people. He uses people. And so if we are not, um, if we, uh, don't, you know, allow him to use us, if we don't speak up, you know, then he's, he's going to use someone else. He's going to use someone else. Um, but God needs a physical body, just like the devil needs a physical body. Let me reverse that. Satan needs a body, just like God needs a body because God is not trying to be like Satan. Satan is trying to imitate God. And, uh, the Lord placed in my spirit, a message this morning called copy paste. So that's coming up, uh, for you, for those of you who, uh, are interested. <laughs> uh, this is, you know, all this stuff, it, it comes, uh, it comes from, uh, the demonic realm. It comes from the demonic realm. Uh, Satan is a, is a master, uh, deceiver. He is a master manipulator. He is a master liar. When the Bible says that he is the father of lies, that means he is the master of lies. That means that he, he is the best. He's the best at it, the best at it. 
And so we're going to talk about this uh, prophetic predators, prophetic predators. I'm going to give you a little introduction tonight. And uh, this is a series. So this is not something that you have to get all in one sitting uh, because there will be, you know, these will be repeated uh, um, week by week uh, at this same on this same day and time. Uh, so the first thing we want to do here is one, we want to define the word predator. We want to define the word predator. Uh, I hope that uh, most of you know what a prophet is. If you don't know what a prophet is, just, you know, say say uh, say uh, no in the chat. <laughs> say I don't know or IDK. And I will, you know, I will break that down for you. But uh, I'm trying to be kind of brief here tonight because uh, I, I don't want um, to, um, you know, I don't want to uh, go and, you know, if I sit here, I will go and I will tell you my whole testimony <laughs> and I have a video on that. And so I'm trying to kind of, you know, keep myself uh, in check here as well. But let's look at the word predator, give you the definition of that, and then we'll go, uh, um, we'll go further. So the word predator, what uh, uh, the meaning of the word predator just um, just, you know, the general meaning here coming from the Oxford Dictionary. It says an animal. It has two meanings, two meanings. The first one is an animal that naturally preys on others, an animal that naturally, naturally preys on others, not P-R-A-Y, but P-R-E-Y, preys, okay? Uh, this is the meaning of a predator. The example given there is uh, wolves are major predators of rodents. Uh, that is the example there. Uh, and that, I think, is a very good example because the Bible talks about, you know, um, wolves that come in sheep's clothing. And it, it's very interesting that they use this example that they are major predators of rodents because rodents crawl and scurry along on the ground. And so, um, you know, this is another reason why I've been telling you uh, that the Lord is saying, do not be an earth dweller. Do not be a flesh cadet because your perspective depends on your position. Are you someone who's always, you know, moving about in the earth or are you someone who is always moving above in the air? So the, uh, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says the way of the wise, uh, the way of the wise is in the air. It's in the air. Uh, even Satan knows this. That's why he's, you know, called the prince and the the prince and the power of the air. And so eagles fly in the air or in the atmosphere above everything else. Uh, the the book of Ephesians tells us that we are seated together in Christ Jesus, in heavenly places, far above all things, far above all things, far above all principality and power. When you look at the word principality uh, and power, these are uh, demonic spirits or demonic angels or fallen angels who are directly up under the leadership of Satan himself. They are directly under his leadership. So you have Satan as the head and then you have principalities right there, right there. And the powers are the ruling, uh, the ruling uh, powers in the earth that the principalities put themselves into or embody. These are um, uh, earthly um bodies of, of, of prince. Uh, uh, let me say this correctly. These are earthly 
um, not just one individual earthly earthly person, but earthly bodies or organizations of people. Okay, who who carry out the agenda of that principality who is carrying out the agenda of Satan. Do you understand? So when it comes to the higher you go up in the demonic realm, I told you before, it's like a military regime. Right. You 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 have uh, the foot soldiers, you know, on the ground and everything. But the higher you go up in that rank, you'll find that there's very few. There's very few at the top. And uh, and and finally, you will get to one. So it's like a pyramid. The same thing you see on your dollar bill. It's It's like a pyramid. And this is what. Uh, the the world system or the demonic system operating through the world is con constantly pushing and constantly um, promoting uh, in the earth realm. So they're they're showing you exactly the way that they operate. Uh, so so you know let's not uh, be deceived there. Okay. So we're talking about a predator. Uh, a predator is an animal that naturally preys on others. And they use the example of the rodent. Well, that reminds me of the book of Genesis. When, when the Lord said, uh, when he cursed Satan, he said, along your belly shall you go. And so that's what demonic spirits do. They operate in, in flesh. They are looking for human flesh. They are looking, they, they move about on the ground on the ground, right? They come from the second heaven realm and they enter into the people on the ground. Now these are, uh, uh, yeah, the, uh, these are people who, I'm sorry, these are our spirits that have been assigned at different levels of authority. Does that make sense? Okay. If you don't understand anything I'm saying, uh, just, you know, just leave a comment or, or type something in the chat and I will break that, break that thing down for you even more, but I'm going to move, keep moving, uh, for the sake of, you know, for the sake of time and everything tonight. Um, not really co too concerned about the time, but at the same time, you know, I don't want to be content, consist, uh, continuously repeating, um, you know, myself. So, if you already understand, you know what I mean? So that's, that's, that's a waste of time for both of us uh, because I do want to share part of my testimony and I don't want that part to be too long. Okay. I do have a video for that. So um, prophetic predator, uh, a predator. Uh, let me give you the second definition of this word predator. It says a person or a group that ruthlessly exploits others. A person or a group that ruthlessly, ruthlessly, ruthlessly exploits others. The example given says a website frequented by sexual predators. Um, this is, you know, porn pornography is, is one great example of this, whereas this, this, um, uh, person or this group is ruthlessly exploiting other people, exploiting um, women, exploiting men, exploiting children. You know, uh, these are sexual predators. Uh, what's the man's name who uh, who passed away uh, last year or the year before last? Um, he was, uh, oh gosh, goodness, what was his name? <laughs> Hugh Hefner, he was, um, he, he's a prime example of this right here. Um, someone who ruthlessly exploits uh, other people. And so um, it's, you know, it shows you just how much power the devil uh, can give to one person, 
you know, uh, who can who can run a, who can start a whole organization of people and that thing spread throughout the whole earth. You see, or throughout a whole region and just take over a whole region. I want to tell you, we're living in one of those regions where this uh, this pedophile spirit and this uh, spirit of sexual exploitation coming out of the spirit of lust coming out of the spirit of lust and perversion is 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 running rampant in this country that we live in it's running rampant here and uh the bible says that you know the last day should be as sodom and gomorrah we are living in a modern day sodom and gomorrah even in the church uh, many churches are operating under this same spirit they look like sodom and gomorrah sodom and gomorrah and we know what god did to sodom and gomorrah and um, so uh, I'm going to read here another uh, a de definition for you uh, just for a little bit more clarity here. It says an animal that lives an animal. Now, these people, let me tell you something. God wants, uh, sorry, sorry, not not God, but Satan wants to turn us into beast. He wants to turn you into a beast before before he kills you. And, you know, and and he know, you know, OK, now I got that. soul is going to hell with me. Right. He wants to turn you into a beast. Because since he since he is a beast by nature. Right. What did God say? He cursed him. Upon your belly shall you go. That serpent used to stand up on legs. Oh, OK. The serpent previously had legs. It is a reptilian. It is a reptile. Previously, this thing um, was a uh, um, oh, what is it called? Amphibian. Uh, I did a, a, a research on that. Um, and uh, uh, let me pull this up for you so I can get the right name, because, yeah, I want to. If you just Google, you know, did serpents have legs before, then you'll see, you know, you'll, you'll, uh, that they originally, they had legs. Okay. Um, so, uh, snakes, it, it says that snakes used to have egg, have used to have legs, excuse me. Now they have evolved, uh, but the gene, uh, to grow limbs still exists. So they still have that gene, uh, that genetic ability within them, although, but you know, um, but they were cursed by God, and so that gene became inactive. But they still carry it to this day. So that is proof. God left the gene there as proof that this thing used to have legs, but it it was cursed by God. You see this now. The God. Now, what does Satan want to do? Put himself back up right on legs. So he uses people. He enters into people with the with the mindset. The ultimate the ultimate goal is death and destruction. But before that, he wants to turn you into what he is. He is a beast. He is a beast. It's not funny when people uh, people walk around and say, man, you know, you're so good at that, man. You're a beast at this. You're a beast at that. That ain't funny. That's not cute. <laughs> that is not cute because that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to turn us into beasts. And 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 uh, he, he turned he he uh, 
makes you so deprived. He takes you down this 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 downward spiral of depravity uh, where you might start up here. He's not going to show you where he's taking you to. So you might start up here, but he keeps winding you down just like a serpent winds. He keeps winding you down. And with each level uh, of winding down, you go into a deeper level of depravity, a deeper level of depravity until you reach um, bestiality. Bestiality means that this person is now so demon possessed that they will sleep with, they will have sex with anything. They will, they will actually look for animals to have sex with. Now, uh, this is rated R. Please uh, don't don't uh, listen to this if your children are near. Um, please just, you know, if you don't want them to know the whole truth, you know, I, I will say because some people, you know, they you have every right, you know, to um, to uh, teach your children at the level that you want them to learn. Right. Um, but why is this turning so yellow? Sorry. But um, but. Yeah, you know, if you don't want them to hear this, you know, then you 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 probably want to um, uh, turn it off or ask them to uh, go, you know, to their room or something like that. You know, this is not for children. This is not for children. Um, uh, so yeah, just want to give that. So anyway, um, uh, yeah, you know, these are levels of bestiality, and uh, you know, whenever you whenever you hear or see of a um, of a hello uh, woman of God, how are you? Uh, whenever you see um, or hear stories of people who have. Uh, been in contact with uh, certain demonic spirits, like I was telling you about last night, uh, um, uh, the the marine spirit, how uh, this man uh, went to get more power. He went to go get more demonic power, more witchcraft, you know, than the first time because he, you know, lust is never full, you know. And so he went back and he went to uh, Congo and went into uh, this place called the the Congan or something like that. And they took him to a river to baptize him. Copy, paste, Satan is a counterfeit. He wants to baptize his, his servants too, you know. He baptizes his people too. So this they took him down to the river to be baptized. And he said when he looked up, he saw this, uh, this thing that was half human being and half, uh, half uh, uh, crocodile. It was half human and half crocodile. It was a reptilian spirit coming out of the uh, out of the water, which was a marine. Uh, they call them marine spirits. And so this is um, this is um, this is uh, what this this is how they move. And you may say why? Well, um, when you look at the book of Job. Uh, you will understand that uh, if I think it's in Job 40 and Job 41, the last uh, few chapters of Job there, the Bible talks about um, the the spirit of behemoth, the behemoth, B-E-H-E-M-O-T-H. I have a lot. I, I, I reference a lot of scripture because, you know, uh, when you love the word, you're full of the word and you should be. <laughs> Amen. And so if I try to take you, I would love to walk you through all these scriptures tonight. But, you know, whenever I reference something in the Bible, just jot it down, make a note and go read it for yourself. Please read for yourself. Do not take my word for anything for um, 
just, you know, uh, at face value, because that is not what God wants us to do. Yes, I am speaking the truth, but we we need to be like the Bereans who go and research and read for ourselves. Um, that's something I also learned along the way of my journey. OK, so I'm passing that on to you. And so, um, yeah, so you it talks about the behemoth and and how this spirit, if you read through there, you will find out that this is the spirit that the Bible speaks about. It's the same spirit. It's the same spirit. Um, it is a reptilian spirit. OK, and um, it is uh, it talks about how the scales that it has and how it moves through the water, the water. It is a rep. It is a marine spirit. It is a marine spirit. So this is why these people. Um, oh, God. And, and it talks about how the scales you can't even get between. No air can come between between the scales. No air can get between there because his pride is so strong. His pride is so strong. Well, you know, um, this is, this is how Satan, um, sets up his, his, uh, fate, his false prophets to be destroyed. Now, when I say false prophets, I'm not just talking about prophets and, uh, as in the calling of a pro or the office of an actual prophet. I'm talking about leaders in the body of Christ as well, because some of these are not just prophets. Some of these are pastors as well. Some of these are apostles. Some of these are, you know, evangelists and teachers. Some of them move in several, you know, several gifts of the spirit. So, you know, it's not just the prophetic. Okay. Um, uh, I've seen pastors who, you know, who have, you know, because copy paste, I'm coming with that message. Don't worry. Uh, but copy paste, you know, uh, a pastor sees a prophet doing this and now I want to go do it. You know, now he want to go do it and he's not even a prophet, you know, and, and now, you know, you're over there trying to copy paste and you don't realize what power is driving this person. What power is driving this prophet? You don't understand. You see. And so, you know, this is why we, we it's not wise to do copy paste. It's not wise. Um, and so a lot of American, a lot of America, I'm, I'm telling you this because a lot of our American and I'm not saying that just African um the Africans are, are guilty, you know, and essentially, you know, we come from Africa. You know what I mean? So um, what I'm saying is that. Um, a lot of our American leaders or clergymen have gone to Africa and made these trips to Africa in order to buy witchcraft. Some of them knew what they were doing and some didn't. Some were just like, you know, it was just kind of like they were just kind of uh, referred referred there, you know, uh, they, somebody took them there and, and because they said, man, you know, I love your church. I see you got a mega, min you're, you know, you got this huge mega ministry and everything, man, I wish I could get my church to grow like that. And then the man, and then the person says, yeah, you can, <laughs> let me show you how. And so he doesn't tell him, he doesn't tell him that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, take you to, you know, where we can, we can put some witchcraft on you, you know, uh, they're going to, I'm going to take you so wh where they can cook you, you know, they're going to cook you real good in this pot of boiling water, you know, and then you're going to come out with more power, but you're going to be a demon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so they don't tell you that Satan never tells you where he's leading you to. 
He will never tell you where he's leading you to. Um, he will always, like they say, like the old uh, mothers used to say, he will take you uh, further than you want to go and longer than you want to stay. Amen. And so, you know, uh, this is real. And so a lot, what a lot of them did was they went over there. And if you see like pastors and preachers and stuff who constantly keep going back to Africa, that's a that's a red flag. That's a red flag. Uh, that means that some they're doing something over there <laughs> that they should not be doing uh, most of the time. Most of the time, because why do, why do I say most of the time as if I know you might say, Shelly, you don't know. Yes, I, I, I see it every day. I see it every day and you see it every day. If you open your eyes and pay attention, all you got to do is watch social media, YouTube, Facebook. These pro these people are being exposed left and right. I, I saw somebody said charlatans, charlatans are falling left and right. They are falling left and right. They are falling like rain. Now, I had a dream. Uh, when was this? This was... Um, was it early this year or at the end of last year? I remember telling my pastor, I think it was at the end of last year, if I'm not mistaken. But I had this dream where I was in the church. I won't tell you all the dream because some of it did involve some people who were very close to me. Um, but I will say that, you know, God never leaves you in the dark. He never leaves you in the dark, especially if you're a person like me who's always searching for the truth always investigating to look for truth. You know, some people, you know, say, you know, that's, that's a problem. You know, I beg to differ because that's how, that's how I was not able to be deceived anymore. Right. Um, but in, in, at the end of this dream, um, I had walked to the back, I was in a church and the church was full of people and there were pastors there. One of them was my old pastor that I'm going to tell you about tonight. And one of them was my, uh, was my, uh, my current, uh, pastor. And so, um, uh, you know, the sir, you know, I don't know how they were both, you know, got together in there and stuff like that, but you know, the church was part partially my old church and partially my new church. Right. And so, um, I went, I walked to the back and, uh, when I was going to the back to do something that, you know, my pastor asked me to do. I don't know why I walked to the back, but I walked to the back on a mission to do something. And this woman grabbed me and she said, I need deliverance. And she put her hand on my hand on her and I proceeded to pray for her. And the woman started manifesting and these demons started, you know, started coming out of her, you know, and I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, what am I doing with this? But the Holy Ghost was telling me what to do, what to say. You see, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He says that you need not a man really teach you anything because the Holy Spirit teaches us all things. He is the master teacher. Why? Because he is Jesus Christ embodied. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Holy Spirit is not a body, but he is, he is Jesus Christ in spirit. And so Jesus was called what? Rabbi, which means teacher, teacher, uh, master, which means he is the he is the teacher. He is the one who knows all things. And so um, uh, I proceeded to cast the devil out of this woman and um, and the spirits came out of her. Right. And so the woman was set free. And then uh, when I, I started hearing like rain, like falling, like but it, it sounded like really, really harsh, like really, really hard. Like, I mean, 
like the worst hail storm that you can imagine, the worst hail storm, you know, the rocks, the ice that falls, um, hail, H-A-I-L storm. And, um, when, and, and the room that I was standing in had a sunlight. It had a sunlight, uh, like a window in the ceiling. And when I looked up, I thought it was raining, but these were bodies falling. They were, they were bodies falling on the building and they were falling like rain and they were hitting that bam. But I mean, you can just hear them hitting that glass, just hitting that glass to the point where I was afraid that the glass was going to break. And, you know, these bodies were going to fall in here, you know, on me. And, and so, um, why am I saying that? I'm telling you that dream because this is what we're seeing now. We are seeing we are seeing the wolves in sheep's clothing. We are seeing the predators. We are seeing the charlatans. We are seeing the hirelings. We are seeing the uh, the uh, these uh, false prophets and false uh, leaders. We're seeing them fall like rain. We're seeing them fall left right and center. They're falling everywhere. They're falling all around us. Dead bodies everywhere. They're falling all around us. But I want to explain something to you that we are here to, uh, because the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is redemptive in nature. So this is why I'm saying again, we are not here to condemn people. We are here because this is a work of healing and restoration for the body of Christ, right? So when we when I, we talk about these things that we see, that we hear, it, we, we need to be talking about it from the heart of God and not, you know, out of the flesh and out of our emotions like, oh, wow, you know, and, and, and end up in, a, in a, a, a gossip spirit. No, this is not about gossip. This is about speaking the truth in love so that we can pray, uh, we can see what's working and we can pray against that thing identify that spirit and bring that thing down. Amen. So that the, the person, the soul can be set free. The soul can be set free, but that demon must go. That demon must go. Right. And so the only way that these spirits are, are going to stop what they're doing is if they are exposed because the biggest, the biggest, um, uh, the, 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 the one thing that, that Satan does not want, because he operates in subtlety. Remember when he came to a to Eve, uh, the Bible says that he's the most subtle beast uh, in all the earth. He was the most subtle in all the earth. He works in subtlety. So his main thing is for, is for him to make you believe that he don't even exist, that he's not even there. He wants you to think it's just you, but it's not just you. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm just thinking this. I'm having crazy thoughts. Are you? <laughs> you know, I, I just feel like I want a man. Are, really? You know, he makes you think that it's just you when all along it is a demonic spirit in operation against you. And so he works in subtlety. And so um, uh, the, this is why it's important to remove the cloak uncover that spirit, uncover, expose it. God says, he says that he says to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. That means expose them, rebuke them, correct them. Right. And so this is where we are. And so, um, 
This is why we have to expose. You can't, he, nothing can get healed. No body part can get healed without exposure. You can't go to the doctor, leave your coat on and expect him to operate on you and get the cancer out. You know, leave your clothes on and expect him to operate on you. They're going to tell you to strip. You got to take that off. You're going to put on this little gown that don't even have a back. Your booty going to be hanging out, but we're going to get you fixed up. Right. So this is what this is about. Uh, so we define we define predators. Now, is there anyone here who does not know what a prophet is? If you don't know the meaning of a prophet, uh, just 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 say IDK. Just type IDK in the comments, and we will get you we will get you uh, sorted out. Everybody knows what a prophet is. Okay. All right. So a prophet, uh, a prophetic predator. Now we're going to go into the signs of a prophetic predator. And some of this, these signs I'm going to share with you from my own experience, my own testimony. Uh, and um, uh, we're going to talk about um, prophetic witchcraft, sorcery, occult churches, uh, the difference between an occult spirit and a cult, two different things. The occult and a cult are two different things. We're going to talk about that. We're going to explain the the types of occult churches in America and abroad and the signs that you are involved in one. And, um, and then we're going to pray. Okay. So this is where we're going tonight. All right. So the signs of a prophetic pre predator. Well, um, one thing, one way that you know that you are dealing with a prophetic predator is that the person um, has a very strong anointing. The person has a very strong anointing. Uh, this this, this uh, normally takes place in uh, charismatic, uh, charismatic uh, atmospheres and charismatic churches. Uh, where the person has a carries a very strong anointing. Uh, very, you will think if if you were not elect, you would be deceived into thinking <laughs> that this is the anointing of Christ Jesus, right? That this person is carrying. But uh, I, I want you to understand that Satan also has an anointing. He anoints his servants just like God anoints us. Uh, when Satan. Um, when Satan lost his position, uh, if you read in the book of Ezekiel, uh, let me find this for you here, Ezekiel, uh, where it talks about that he was um, he was the anointed cherub uh, that covereth. Uh, I think that's in the book of Ezekiel. Where is that? Yeah, Ezekiel 28 and verse 14. Um, it says, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. And I have set thee so. God is talking to Lucifer here. He says, you are the anointed cherub. You are the anointed cherub that covereth. And I have set you so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Now, God, what does God say about his anointing? He said, he said, uh, the gifts and my, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So what that means is when Satan lost his position as the cherub that covereth, this was, this was his position. He was a cherub, right? That covered the throne of God, right? Um, and he was anointed for worship, 
right? He was anointed for worship. Now, when he lost his position as cherub, he was cast out of his position, but he still had the anointing. He still had that anointing because God does not take away uh, the anointing. But what happens is the anointing becomes perverted when uh, when it leaves the presence of God, when it's no longer being con uh, controlled by the presence of God, uh, it's no longer op able to operate in that in that holy atmosphere anymore. But why? Because the Bible says that a liar cannot tarry in the sight of God. That means a, a lying spirit, right? Anything that is contrary to the spirit of God is a lie. Anything that is not uh, that is not coming uh, out of the love of God is a lie. It's a lie. God is love and his love manifests in different ways. If you if you're not careful, you, the devil will deceive you into thinking that God don't love you. God is correcting you. No, that's his love. God is spanking your butt. Yeah, that's his love. You know, and so uh, that's what we have to understand about God. And so if, if if something is operating in a spirit that is that is not coming out of the spirit of love, you can't feel the love of God there. It's cold. It's cold. I don't feel the love. I don't feel my father here anymore. This is how a sign, a way that you know that you are, are being deceived by a prophetic predator. Now, um, he's highly anointed, highly anointed because Satan and they go through, they go through a process to receive that anointing from Satan. You see, Satan doesn't make, he doesn't make things easy, you know, for anybody. No, you have to be initiated into this thing. Right. And so this is why I explained to you earlier how they go to get the witchcraft. They go to get the powers, the powers to operate and to flow in that type of anointing in, in that level of demonic anointing uh, so that they can have power to cast spells on the people. That it gives them power over the people. Right. And uh, but it's not coming out of the spirit of love, love. The love of God is what generates true power. That's why when Jesus cast the devil out of people and healed people and laid hands on the sick and raised the dead, that power that he moved in, the spirit of God revealed to me personally. He said, he said, he said, listen, true power is generated by the love of God. Nothing else. True power is generated by the love of God. That's why a lot of these preachers out here don't, they're not carrying power. They're not carrying the power or the ministry of Christ Jesus, nor do you see, nor do you see them doing the greater works that Jesus talked about because they're not operating in the true power or, or, or in the love of God for his people. That means they're operating out of another spirit, out of the spirit of self that is making them uh, that is making them to be a hireling. I am just here uh, as a hired hand to just get whatever I can get and I will do whatever I need to do to get what I want from you. That rhyme, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, Shelly got bars. I used to be a rapper back in the day. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Um, so, you know. This is this is the, the first sign that you that you'll notice is that they are highly anointed. Um, and and, and I, I want to say that a lot of these 
uh, leaders, they didn't start out this way. They didn't start out this way. Um, a lot of them um, started out on the right track. You know, they started out on the right track. You know, they were excited about, you know, preaching the gospel and, you know, souls being saved and stuff like that. But then somewhere along the way, they came in contact with with someone else who was operating under the spirit of, div of, of divination. And they uh, connected with that person and didn't realize that that spirit also attacked them. And now they begin to move in a hole in another spirit. And now that lust, it, they birth, they start to, you know, uh, lust and crave after that thing that the person uh, that connect they connected themselves to put on them. Now they desire the thing that the person you know gave put on them. They put a seed in them of lust, and now the person is craving power, craving influence, craving money, craving you know something. And and, and you don't you know you don't have to um you don't have to uh. Prove yourself to anyone. You don't have to prove yourself to anyone. The devil makes you think you need to prove yourself to people. So I need more power. Oh, I don't have money like this pastor has money. So I better get, you know, oh, uh, he's driving a Mercedes. I'm driving a Chevy. Oh, you know, I don't even look like a pastor. That's what the devil does. And so a lot of them, they start out on the right track and then they get sidetracked. They get sidetracked uh, because they come in contact with somebody else. Um, so anointing, that's the first sign. And I was starting to tell you a little of my testimony is when, uh, when I first gave my life to the Lord in 1997 uh, or 98, 97, I was, um, I came into a ministry that was highly, the, 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 my, my apostle was highly anointed that yes, that's when apostles, you know, was it was apostles back then. It wasn't, you know, um, uh, the prophetic movement was not so prominent in the earth. It was the apostolic movement back then. And um, uh, apostles were moving heavy. They were walking heavy, you know, and they were walking. They were moving in that word and moving uh, in 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 uh, deliverance and, and things like that. And so that's the kind of church that I was birthed into. And um, and so uh, when uh, when I. Uh, the first thing that I uh, realized was, wow, you know, the power of God was so strong in there. And, you know, um, I was delivered in that church. I was filled with the Holy Ghost in that church. And I was um, I was trained in the areas of prayer, prophetic uh, prayer, warfare, intercession, uh, fasting, uh, and just constantly drilled the word of God. Boom. Boom, boom. I mean, our services would last like <clears throat> all night. Sometimes we come stumbling out of there at, at, at wee hours of the morning, like we drunk in the spirit, that kind of thing. And, and, and we had services all the time. It got to the point where, you know, we uh, started having prayer meetings, whereas we we prayed, um, we came together every day for prayer. You get off work, you feed your kids, you go to the church and it's prayer. It's prayer, it's intercession. And we would person by person would get up there, grab that mic and pray, go in, go in and pray and fight and war, you know. And so um, I, we did this for, for uh, over five years straight every day. Every day it was it was, you know, it was uh, <laughs> I, I, I laugh with my sister. I tell her, you know, that was um, 
that was uh what do you call it when they send you uh into the military and and you go into um basic training <laughs> that was it was it was basic training it was basic training uh, for us and so uh that's how we were trained and everything but I, I said all that to say that the 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 anointing there was real in the beginning it was very powerful in the beginning uh very very strong you could feel the love of God there as well but somehow it became twisted or perverted. Now I'm going to share, um, I'm going to go into a, a little bit of, of, of my story here and it, it may be kind of graphic. So again, you know, watch your kids, watch your kids. So um, uh, I have a testimony video uh, on my uh, YouTube channel, on my Facebook. Uh, you can go there on YouTube and find it. I have actually two, one of them. The last one was um, with um, my sister, uh, Brandy Faith Patterson, a uh, good friend of mine uh, from Facebook. Uh, she has a group uh, on here called um, on Facebook called uh, Single Ladies in Waiting. She has a, a ministry, you know, for singles women or single women. Uh, that's her assignment from the Lord. And she helps the single uh, women over there. And um, she asked me to come on and share my story. So uh, I have a video there. Uh, with her. And then you'll also see another video uh, of my testimony called Beaten Gold, which is actually the name of my book that I am uh, that I'm in the process of uh, putting together. And so um, uh, you'll find all the details there. So that I'm telling you that because I'm not I can't, I'm not going to go into all the details right now because we will be here all night. OK, but I will share as much as I can. So um, we um you know, we were in the having these prayer meetings. By this time, I had been uh, in the church for about goodness, I don't even know, like maybe about eight years, because I was there for almost, I was there for over twelve years, I believe, um, uh, faithfully. Now, I'm not talking about somebody who go to church when they want to. I'm talking about a pillar. I was every time the doors was open. Here I am. I can count on my on one hand how many times I missed church in 12 years. OK, so <laughs> how many times I missed anything at church? <laughs> and so, um, yeah. So um, uh, this was, I guess, around my no, it was around my ninth year, I suppose. Yeah. And so I um, we, uh, we were in a, a prayer meeting and um you know, I was I, I had the mic and I was praying, I was praying and I was going through really heavy, uh, heavy uh, trial, you know, at that time. And the Lord had told me, you know, um, I had been praying to get out of it. And God said, no, you know, stay in the fire until you become fire. That's what he told me. Stay in the fire until you become fire, because I make my ministers flame of fire, flames of fire. That's what he told me. And so from that point, my whole prayer life changed and shifted. It was, it was war straight out. I mean, devil, if you want to fight, you got one. That's what, that's what it was straight fire. So I was, I was praying on the mic and uh, my pastor, you know, came in there. We called him apostle. He came in there 
and he was uh, he was listening and stuff like that. And uh, after the service um, or after the prayer meeting, uh, I was leaving, going to my car and he and he cut me off with his car. And um, he was like, woman of God, you know, I don't have your number. And uh, I wanted to get your number because I'm trying to, you know, make sure I have everyone's number. So I gave him my number, you know, again, knowing that, um, you know, I was kind of puzzled because I'm like, you know, well, first lady, she gets our numbers, you know, all, you know, uh, she's, she, uh, updated our, our information, you know, regularly. So she would know how to get in touch with everyone. And, um, she had, they had put me in charge of the women's intercessory group, uh, at that time. So I knew that, you know, they had my number, but I gave him the number again. Maybe he forgot, maybe he lost it or something like that. And so I didn't think anything of it. And so, uh, later on, you know, uh, he starts to call me, uh, after, uh, some of the services, it was a couple weeks later, but he started to call me after uh, the services when he would preach and ask me what I thought about the word, you know, and he would say, I respect you, you as a woman of God, you know, I, I see you praying, I see your life before God and, you know, you're truly anointed and everything like that, man, woman of God, how do you, you know, how do you do it as a single woman? Now I was married when I, uh, well, he was the one who actually married me and my husband, uh, but uh, my husband and I divorced while I was in that ministry. And I want to tell you that no marriage could last in that ministry. Um, after this shift, you know, uh, everyone started getting divorced. I mean, we had a lot of couples in there. And I would say, you know, every couple except for one or one or two uh, ended up divorced every couple, every young couple in there. And um, it was really a sad thing to see. And so, um, yeah, so he would ask me, you know, what's, you know, uh, what did I think of the service and stuff like that? And I would tell him and everything, you know, and then um, eventually he started like asking me questions about my personal life. You know, how do you, uh, how do you maintain yourself as a single woman? You know, um, uh, you know, uh, I see the anointing that God has on your life and everything. And, you know, man, you must be a strong woman of God. You know, uh, how do you how do you make it without sex? You know, he started asking me these these questions and he was conditioning me and I didn't know it. He was conditioning me. Um, and, 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 you know, and I told him, I said, yo, sex is overrated. You know, I said, I think sex is overrated because I didn't really feel like I really, you know, needed, you know, that at that time I was moving. I was like, look, you know, if I got to do this thing by myself, me and my son, raise my son, you know, by myself and do this thing, I'm just going on with the Lord and it's just going to be me and him, you know? And so that was my mindset. And, um, I, I had for, you know, I still had uh, spirits that were at work in me. The spirit of lust was working in me uh, that had entered through in, entered into me from uh, when I was younger, when I was molested um, under the roof with my mother. OK. And so um, whenever you are molested, you know, uh, a demon enters your body, then that demon is there until you get delivered from that spirit. You have to be 
Sorry, these glasses are bothering me. You have to be delivered from that spirit somewhere along the way. You have to break agreement. You have to identify what's working in you and you have to break agreement with that spirit. If you do not, that thing will grow right up with you and you won't even know he's there until, you know, you start to uh, God starts shining light on things. He starts highlighting things and shining the light on things. And then you start to realize, wait a minute, I have a problem. I have a problem, you know. Um, so, you know, uh, that spirit started to manifest because he spoke the word. He said, he said, how do you make it without sex? And I said, well, I said, I think sex is overrated. I really, you know, I, I, I don't really need that, you know, right now, you know, I know in due time, God will send me, uh, my husband. So, you know, I, I'm not thinking about that right now. And he said to me, no, it's just, the, it's just because you ain't had no good sex. That's what he said to me. And so uh, that is where the seed was planted. See, the devil will always plant the seed. He will plant the seed and, 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 and try to get the seed to germinate. If the seed can stay there in your mind, it starts to germinate. You start to think upon it. You start to meditate on it or chew on it. Like God said to Joshua, uh, this book of the law shall not depart out of, the, out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may what observe to do according to all that is written therein. Satan is what counterfeit copy paste. So he plants that word in your mind and you begin to meditate on it. That's called germination. He plants the seed. The seed is germinating because you're thinking about it. Now I could not get that thought out of my mind where he asked me, you know, about the sex and, and, and that statement he made, no, you just never had no good sex. He provoked, he put a question in there. So now I'm walking around with this, right? And it's awakening this spirit of lust in me. And suddenly I start to do things that are just completely out of my character before we even made it to the bed. OK, I started to do things completely out of character. Weeks passed by and, he, and, you know, he would call me every day, talk to me every day. Sometimes he would call me from his house. I could hear his son in the background. But by this time, the spell had been placed on me. See, uh, I, I want to say this. Now, now, this is the part of prophetic predators that, that we're talking about sexual abuse right now. We're going to talk about all forms, though. We're going to talk about the financial abuse. We're going to talk about the emotional abuse. We're going to talk about the, the spiritual abuse, all of that. OK, so. Um, uh, over time, he kept priming me, conditioning me. He would call me every day. Um, he would. Oh, what was I saying? What? OK, I wanted to stop here and say this to the to to um, to these uh, ladies and not just ladies, but also uh, because men are being uh, sexually abused by by clergy. You know, boys, children are being sexually abused. This is what you call spiritual pedophilia. These people that we call spiritual mama, spiritual papa, um, spiritual mother. This is my spiritual father, you know, stuff like that. The Bible says, call no man upon the earth, father. OK, uh, your natural father is, your, is you know, that's your dad. <laughs> but you, we have one father for you have one father who is in heaven. That is your father. 
Okay. So when we, when we are up under this delusion of the spiritual mama, spiritual, spiritual papas and all this kind of stuff, um, this is what you, and, and they start to abuse uh, us sexually. This is called spiritual pedophilia. The Holy Spirit told me this months ago. I wrote it down. He said, spiritual pedophilia. I said, Lord, what do you mean? He said, that's what happened to you. It was spiritual pedophilia because I looked at him as my spiritual father. And I looked at his, his wife as my spiritual mother. And I would do anything they said do. Their word was like the word of God, right? Even if it wasn't the scripture itself, another big mistake. That's why I always tell y'all, read the Bible, read the scripture for yourself, learn the word of God for yourself, get it in you. You get, there's no way you can be possessed with the Holy ghost without filling up on the word. Like we talked about last night, God told Ezekiel, eat the roll. That means eat the, eat the, eat the scroll, eat the book, eat it, and then go tell the people, not the other way around. <laughs> That's what we see going on now. People preaching, preaching, preaching. Where is the word? Where is the word? You don't hear, you don't hear, but one or two scriptures. And I mean, they think they preaching the house down. No, you're not. So anyway, um, spiritual pedophilia, this is what was taking place. And so um, he would call me and he, at the time he, he uh, had this radio show and he was um, going on the radio. Uh, well, he didn't have the, well, yeah, it was his segment on the radio station. So he would go to the radio station weekdays and his segment started at 3 p.m. or 3.30, something like that. He would call me from the radio station. He would call me, amen. He would call me from the radio station when he was about to go on the air. <laughs> when he's about to go on the air and preach to the people, <laughs> he would call me. And right up in the time, right up until the time that he walked into the booth to get on the mic, we would be talking. And he's just conditioning me, priming me. And I asked him a question. I said, what do you want? I said, are you, I said, are you um, asking me to be your concubine? You know, because I was confused. I'm like, okay, this is my spiritual father, but why is he talking to me in a sexual way? And, and the lust in me knew what he wanted, but then this is where you start to play the game. You start to play the game. Right. And so uh, I was like, you want me to be your concubine or something? He laughed. <laughs> he said, he said, girl, you know, no, I want you to be my wife. I said, your wife. He said, he said, yeah. He said, if things don't work out between me and first lady, you're going to be my wife. I want you to be my wife. And he was like, but until then, you still my wife. Because sex in the Bible meant marriage. And, and when you go back in the Bible, when a man knew a woman, the Bible says he knew her. K-N-E-W, and she became his wife, you know, or he knew her and she conceived. Well, sex and uh, uh, sex is consummation. And, you know, when you do it the right way, according to the according to the kingdom, then uh, this is uh, it, it is the consummation of a marriage. It is what locks the people, the two 
people together, the man and the woman together in holy uh, matrimony. They join themselves together in the spirit realm before God. And there's also a spiritual connection when they come together and have sex. That's why it's important that they have sex immediately after they, you know, get married, according to the law nowadays, you know, they go and they and they have sex. And then even and even back then in Jerusalem, you know, it was their custom that when uh, when a when a, a, a boy and a, and a, you know, and a maiden got got married, then the family would wait outside the tent door for the boy to bring the bloody rag out of the tent to wave the bloody rag. And that's how they they waited until the because they said, okay, we know we had the ceremony, but y'all ain't really married until you have sex. You need to go in there and break that hymen. We need to see some blood. And so they would wave, he would wave the bloody rag. And that's how, you know, they knew that these two were married. So this is what he was talking about. Now, I want to tell you this. Another sign of a prophetic predator is that he will always use scripture and twist the scripture to deceive you into uh, or manipulate you into what he wants you to do, into coming into agreement with him. That's what he wants you to do. He's trying to bring you in agreement with him. At one point, I remember him telling me specifically, um, he said, no, I need your agreement. He said, because two can't walk together except they be agreed. He told me that. And so um, looking back in hindsight, now understanding the demonic realm and, and, and what I understand about uh, witchcraft and sorcery and how this thing works, how the devil works in these people and what he does to these people. Now I can explain to you in more detail from hindsight, this is why he was quoting these scriptures to me. This is why he was saying, I need your agreement. Two can't walk together except he agree. Then he turned around and used the dream that God gave to Peter about Cornelius. And he said, no, you can't call anything unclean what God calls clean. Because I was asking him, I was like, well, is this the will of God? I was like, surely this can't be God's will, you know? And he said, yes, God has a perfect will and he has a permissive will. And we are in the permissive will. So in other words, the perfect will was him and his wife, right? But the permissive will was him and his concubine. According to the Bible, when you go back, you see mighty men of God. And he always talked about David. He loved to talk about David because he was trying to emulate David. <laughs> you know, after he went and got the whatever, he, he started to talk about David all the time, all the time. And he started to even say things like, you know, David had many women. And and uh, and and um, I never forget one time. um we, we had a guest speaker. We had a guest speaker who came to the church and uh, the man was sitting there on the pulpit. And I guess these th these two were connected in this witchcraft because, um, you know, he had uh, my apostle had no problem saying this in front of the whole congregation and the guest speaker and his wife. And he said, yeah, man, he said uh, he said um, he said, uh, David, uh, David had many wives because when they're preaching, they're still, they're constantly trying to convince and constantly trying to check you to make sure that they have you in their back pocket, just like a nigga in the streets. <laughs> God, forgive me. <laughs> 
just like they do, just like these Negroes do you in the street. They want to make sure they got you in their back pocket, right? So even after they got you, they still fact checking, you know? So he was up there preaching and he said, he said, yeah, he was like, uh, he looked at me and he, he was preaching. <laughs> he looked at me and he said, he said, yeah, David had many wives. And he said, um, he said, you know, he had, he said, Solomon had so many wives to the point where, uh, they was wondering, well, you know, they was, they was, they was, uh, what he said? He said, they was wondering, you know, well, who we going, who we going to sleep with tonight? You know, whose turn is it going to be tonight? And it was like, it was like, you know, did he really just say that? The spirits are very bold, very bold, very bold. This is what you call a narcissistic spirit, very bold, controlling, manipulative, highly anointed, very charismatic, very, very deceptive. They start out subtle and they end up bold. Once you come into agreement with them, I got you now. You my girl, I got you now. Then the boldness comes out. The real them shows up, you know? And so, yeah, that's, you know, uh, I took you a little bit, uh, 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 jumped ahead a little bit there, but that is what uh, happened. And so the conditioning and everything, and then, you know, him saying that, um, him saying that uh, you can't eat, you, you can't call unclean what God calls clean, you know? So every time I would fall back into, you know, conviction, he would tell me something about my conscience too. He would say, you know, if your conscience is, if your conscience um, doesn't condemn you, then you have not sinned. So in other words, you walking around with this, your, your conscience ain't condemned and you doing all this sin, but you know, and you think that you haven't, that God is not calling it sin because your conscience is no longer condemned. No, that means that you have been, um, according to the book of Romans chapter one, <laughs> that your conscience has been seared with a hot iron. That's what that means, you know, but he said, no, if your conscience don't condemn you. Right. So my conscience was starting to condemn me and I would keep, I, I would ask another question. I'm like, well, you know, how is this love, you know, and stuff like that. And he was like, you know, people don't know what real love is. Real love is when you can love anybody and everybody. That's real love. And, you know, when you can love any way you can, any way you want to, you, you have the freedom to love any way you want to. That's real love. It's not. It's not. It was a lie. That is the same lie that the devil feeds to people who become uh, homosexuals, lesbians, uh, pedophiles, uh, uh, sexual, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, children, uh, rape, rapists, basically raping children uh, uh, and all that kind of stuff. That's the same lie that the devil tells them. No, you're free to love anybody however you want. And sex without marriage is love. It's not. Sex without marriage is lust. L-U-S-T. One of the four, one of the few at the top. Lust, greed, gluttony, pride, rebellion. You see? You see? 
And so this is what it was conditioning me, constantly conditioning me. And I wasn't the only one. There were others before me that I didn't really, I knew about one of them. Uh, looking back, I could, I could recognize the signs and I was like, oh, so her too, huh? Because you can see like they would carry them, the, 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 the young ladies, you know, would carry themselves um, in a different way. They would start acting like they the first lady, like they're married to him and stuff. Uh, the, the way they walk change, you know, they sit on the front row, they cross their legs. They don't care if they got on a short skirt or whatever. You know, there's no shame in their game, no shame in their game at all. And so this is the kind of stuff, you know, um, and so uh, I, you know, when I started to realize it, I'm like, the Holy Spirit was talking, still talking to me, and He would say, "Yeah, her over there." And I would look over in the service and see, you know, that spirit on her, and the Holy Spirit said, "But, but they're not, not anymore. She's trying to pull him back in now." So at one point, he drops one, picks up another. And exalts another one and makes her the queen of the castle. You know what I mean? And so I'm the queen of the castle, I guess, right now. Right. <laughs> and so I'm noticing that my sister over here walked through the same thing. I can see the signs. She came through there and she's still trying to hold on. Right. And uh, but now she's jealous of me. And she's suddenly treating me differently because she can see the signs in me. You see? And, and, but, but me, the whole time I was questioning, I was questioning. And, um, so I was not as bold as the others because I, my, con my conscience kept, kept messing with me. It kept messing with me. God was like, it was as if God was saying, no, not this one, not this one. Uh, because this one, she fears me. She fears me. She's, she's, yes, she's moving in something. She doesn't, she's naive. She don't really know, you know, what's going down and stuff like that. And, and, and a lot of these, um, these people, okay, this is what I was trying to tell you earlier. Um, people will look at you and say, oh, it's your fault. You must've provoked him or you knew better. You know, the Bible, you know what the Bible say about that's adultery. You know what adultery is. Stop playing. You know, but yes, you do know. But when you are under the spell of a, of, of a demonic spirit of sorcery and witchcraft, you are under a demonic spell. When you're under a spell or under the influence of a demonic spirit, everything that you know or you thought you knew goes out the window. Everything becomes confusion. The lines become blurred. It, everything it becomes suspicion, and you know it, it, it's it's not straight. It's not straight like this. It's crooked. It's crooked like a snake. It's crooked. So this is this is what we're talking about. Your mentality becomes crooked because he has sold a seed in you, and so what you thought you knew. Now you're questioning what you thought you knew, even though it's written right there in the right there in the word, right there in the Bible. You say, didn't you read that? 
<laughs> yeah, but I also read David and I also read Solomon and I also read Peter and I also read, you know, these scriptures that he gave me. And this is what the words say, too. So which one is right? You see, same thing that the devil did to Eve. He confused her. He confused her. Well, did God say, uh, well, this is what God said. And and he and he found error even in her answer because she didn't even repeat exactly what God said. So she wasn't a good listener. <laughs> so he said, OK, I got this one. Right. So this is what we're talking about. Um, and eventually, you know, um, I end up in his bed. Um, he calls me and asks me um, after he finished priming me. Now he's got me ready. Right. And he was like, I want you to, you know, I want you to come by my apartment. Now, another thing is that a lot of times these men uh, don't they don't uh, always sleep with their wives. They have a separate space or a separate apartment outside of their home where their family is. They have a separate uh, apartment or somewhere else where they bring these women. Right now, let me go back into the spiritual realm. Well, let me share this with you first. So. When I um, when I went there, when I went there, by this time, lust was at full throttle. I had started masturbating. I'm telling you, it was so strong when I left his house. OK, let me stay on track. So I get there to the apartment and the first thing he offers me is a drink. And I'm thinking, OK, he's going to give me a bottle of water. He's my, you know, he's my pastor, my apostle. Surely not. No, no, no liquor. He offered me a drink, a real drink, vodka. He offered me some vodka. And I was like, we don't, uh, we don't drink, you know. <laughs> and he, he was like, do you want it or not? And I was like, Okay, you know, because he made he poured I watched him pour one for one for me and one for him or one for him. And then he was getting ready to pour mine. And he was like, do you want it? And I was like, he poured him one. So I was like, okay, you know, now you thinking uh, I, I have liberty here. You know, I got a little liberty because he had told me that all things are law. Uh, he said um, all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. He twisted the scripture. He put the emphasis on all things are lawful. All things are lawful. You see, twisting the scripture. And so I'm like, it's okay. You know, I'm letting my guard down. You know, I'm, you know, I, I, I've let my guard down. So I have the drink. And next we're sitting there, the TV is on and everything. He gets up and goes to move. He, he was like, let me go move my car. He says it out loud. Let me go move my car right quick. I'll be right back. So he goes and moves his car. And in my mind, I'm thinking, why is he moving his car? You know, because he had me under the influence that this thing was just, you know, this thing was all right. It's all right with God. And he got he had told me, you know, uh, about the different things, uh, probably lies, you know, that um, he was having trouble, you know, with first lady. She don't do what he tell her to do. You know, she don't come to church when I tell her to come to church. She act like she ain't saved and stuff like that. You know, so he he perverted my vision of my first lady. So I would no longer look at her as a spiritual mother. 
He perverted my view of her by telling me lies about her. And so um, over time, you know, my view of her began to change. But I still in my heart, though, I still loved her and respected her. Now, if you're not careful, you you see when a person has uh, when God has given them a heart of love, um, then, you know, it's harder for the devil to, to really, really keep a hold of you. You keep kind of slipping through his fingers. You know what I mean? Because the other ones, you could tell that they didn't have love working in their heart because they had no problem flaunting themselves in front of her. But I was scared. I was scared the whole time. I was scared of her. I was like, oh, God, you know, I can't believe this. You know, why am I feeling like this? He told me, OK, let me remember what he told me. Just remember what he told me. But I'm looking at her and I'm like, I'm scared, you know. And so then um, so he goes to move his car and he comes back. And um, and then I asked him another question. And I was like, well, what about first lady? Because by, by this time, I'm realizing, why are you moving your car? Are you moving your car because you have something to hide? But you said it's okay, right? That God is okay. God is, you know, happy with this, right? And so now, you know, when he comes back, I say, well, well what about First Lady? And he said, I don't know. I didn't include her in this. And I'm like, really? You know? <laughs> and so now, you know, he was like, uh, he goes into the room and he and he calls me back there. We were sitting there drinking, having the drink that he that he gave me, and then you know watching TV. And you know he got books everywhere, books everywhere in that place. And I'm like, wow, he do a lot of reading, you know. And you know, black folk don't like to read, so I'm just like, I was one of them. I didn't like to read much either, you know. So I was like, I better step up my reading game because he got. Of books, I was like, this man is very wise, you know. And so, um, now I began to understand why he was so wise, why he was so in smart and you know, intelligent and stuff like that. And he came from the streets like me, so it wasn't like he was this, you know, came out of Harvard, <laughs> Yale, or nothing like that. No, he came from the streets like me. I was, I was in the dope game. I had been all through there, you know, before I came uh, before I came uh, to Texas uh, to live. And so uh, or the second time I came uh, to Texas to live. And so I had been all in L.A., Watts, Denver. You know, I had been all up through there, you know, slanging dope and, you know, gang banging and all that kind of stuff. This was back when, you know, Crip and Blood, when the gangs was, you know, was really, you know, that was a thing. Right. And so. Um, and so. Um, we're sitting there, you know, uh, and then, uh, he goes, goes into the bedroom and then he calls me back there and then, and my heart starts pounding like, Oh God, you know? <laughs> and so I go in there and, um, and he's just standing there and he tells me to, you know, take off your, take off your shirt, you know, take off this or whatever. By this time you are completely enslaved. Now you got the liquor in you. So eh, all your guards are down and you just do whatever he say. You just do whatever he say. Now, I'm going to take you into the um, spirit, uh, the spirit world behind this. Right. So this is how these spirits operate. 
uh, I told you about the marine spirit, the behemoth spirit, right? So um, I was listening to a testimony of this one apostle who uh, God redeemed and brought him back after he went and began to uh, sell his soul, you know, uh, for for uh, demonic uh, power and stuff like that to have a mega church, right? And so he's telling this story about how uh, they cooked him, they put him in this, they covered him in these herbs and stuff like that. Took you know, he took his clothes off, covered him in all these herbs, and then they had this big old cauldron, which is a which is a big cooking pot. Um, a lot of, you know, I don't know if you ever heard the term a witch's cauldron, but um, they put him in this boiling hot water in this cauldron or this big cooking pot that he said, I saw the fire under the pot and the water was boiling. He said, and they told me to stick my finger in there and and uh, to stick my finger uh, in. But I was scared because when I stuck my finger close, the steam was hot. And so I pulled my hand back. They picked me up and they put me in the water just that quick. And the water was cold. This boiling hot water was cold when he got in. And he said the reason he looking back, he understood that the reason the water was cold was because they had put witchcraft on him before they put him in the water. They covered him in these herbs. Okay. So now he's in there. Right. And so um, the second time when he went back for more power, more witchcraft, and they did other things, you know, they have a whole little ceremony that they take you through initiation and all of this. And then they send you back home with some things that with some instructions and some things that you need to get and put in your church or in your house or in some secret place that nobody knows about, right? And this is like your sanctuary or your temple to the devil where you take these things in there, animal heads, chickens, you know, blood uh, and stuff like that. Um, and, and you put that stuff in there. And every time before you have, before you go to preach, um, he said that, and I've heard multiple uh, men of God say this, and I'm calling them men of God now because God brought them back. These are actual testimonies of people who went through these, through this stuff, walked through this stuff. They were initiated into the witchcraft. They got the witchcraft power. They were walking in it, living in it, you know, seeing it come to pass and happen for them. And then uh, God began, God put them in a situation where they couldn't get out of, trapped them in a situation. And then they began to wake up and realize like the prodigal son, oh, wait a minute, what am I doing here with these swine? What am I doing here with the pigs? I need to go back to my father. You see, so God, God can redeem you. He can redeem you. And if anybody is watching or listening to me out here who has been in this thing, God can and will redeem you. He will redeem you. He will bring you back. He still loves you and he wants to bring you back. Now, he gets, um, he, they have to set up this sanctuary, uh, you know, to the this shrine <laughs> to the devil in this secret place or office. They have to have a designated place in their, in their church or somewhere close to that where, um, they do their ritual before they come to preach the word and deliver the word, because when they deliver the word or the message, now they are uh, releasing a spell upon the people. Right. So he was doing all that. And then his church started growing because they told him, uh, take this, take this pig's head 
of a dead pig, put it in that room, and then it's going to draw maggots. And when the uh, maggots come, um, uh, leave it there until the maggots, you know, are everywhere. And according to the number of the maggots, that's how many members are. That's how many people are going to come to your church. This stuff is real. And so he said that that many people started just coming. People just started coming to his church in droves out of everywhere. And suddenly, you know, the money, the influence, the people, he had a big, a big mega church. Right. Um, and so, um, then it wasn't enough because lust is never full, right? Uh, the, you will always want more. Uh, the grave is never full and lust is never full, according to the Bible. So um, he went back because he wanted more power. He wanted more power. And so um, uh, he went to Congo that time, uh, this time around. And this is where they went to baptize him in the river. I, I told you about that. I told you about the behemoth marine spirit that came up out of the water and baptized him into the water. OK, this spirit, uh, he said he saw the thing swim towards him, the crocodile uh, uh, through uh, uh, the water came towards him and then it came behind him and stood up. And and and, and it was a man uh, with the body of a of a reptile, a crocodile. And so um, the thing uh, grabbed him from behind and snatched him down into the water, baptized him. And so, um, uh, so what happens there is, is after that, um, another, uh, um, Okay. Uh, let me tell you about another. I, I'm going to leave links to these so you can watch these testimonies yourself because I don't want you to say, oh, well, Sister Shelley said, Sister Shelley said, no, you're going to know and, and hear for yourself and see for yourself because the truth needs to be you know, laid out clear. Um, so, yeah. So uh, um, another another one that um, that I know he um, he also talked about how when he set up his shrine, right, um, that uh, one of the things that he had that one of the uh, well, two of the instructions that they gave to him was number one before before you. Well, I'm going to three instructions before you go in to preach the word, right? You have to go in there. You have to touch the head of this staff because they had twisted up for him, for this uh, uh, prophet, they had given him uh, a head of something that was, it was, it was like twisted up and it was like some kind of animals heads that were twisted together or something like that. And it looked really wicked, he said. And so um, it was in the form of a stick. And so he encased it in like a staff, made it look like a staff. But at the top, if you really look at it and he has pictures, you can see the head in there of that thing, that thing that they gave to him. And he said, they said, you have to go in, you have to touch the, the, the head of this thing. And then you have to drink some liquor, some strong drink and spit it out, you know, over something or whatever. And then he said, you have to, um, he said also that, um, uh, you have to sleep with a woman that is not your wife. So this particular pastor or, or prophet was not married. Sorry, let me get a drink of coffee. My coffee is cold because of y'all. And this coffee is so good, y'all. I love coffee. But anyway, <laughs> 
anyway, um, so he um, he said that, and, and both of them uh, confirmed this, that they had to sleep with a woman because the question was raised, well, why uh, do they cheat on their wives? Why do they always have to cheat on their wives? You know, is that part of the uh, initiation too, or part of the witchcraft too? And he said, yes, because the, the demon needs blood and he need, it needs flesh. And so whenever you sleep with a woman, you are that, you know, you're breaking up in there. Uh, you're, you're uh, getting blood. Uh, you know, you're coming. It's a blood covenant. In other words, it's a blood covenant. Remember what I told you about marriage and, uh, according to the Jewish tradition, same thing. And whenever a man sleeps with a virgin, the blood, the hymen is broken and the blood comes out. And so he said, he said, no, the demon needs blood. So this is why they have to go and sleep with a woman that is not their wife. It can be a prostitute. It can be anybody. Normally they choose women in the church who are highly anointed by God or someone who is, uh, who carries, you know, weight in the spirit realm as well, because it gives that demon more power. It gives the demon more power. And so um, uh, this is why they need to sleep with a woman. Right. And so it, it, it's not, you know, just simply because they're lustful, too. But um, but that demon is feeding the lust in them all the while is gaining more power every time they go and go into another victim. You see what I mean? And so uh, now looking in hindsight, I understand why he offered me the drink, the, the vodka. I understand, you know, um, why we had to come together. So, I mean, it was like, and and he was he was making me, you know, telling me things like, you know, you got the best mm, in in the world I ever had. You know, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm pretty sure, you know, you heard this lot before. Oh, you got the best. You the best I ever had. You the best I ever had. And then he asked me, Am I the best you ever had? And I say, yeah, you know, <laughs> I say, yeah, you know, what else are you going to say? You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, so, you know, they they pump your head up. They fill your head up and make you think that you're just this, woo, you know. And um, now I understand that. I understand why we had to have sex so often. Um, and I think also because with him, he did, um, he had a certain way about himself, but I, I, um, okay, let me finish this thought. He had a certain way about himself, whereas, you know, um, he probably didn't want to sleep with different women all the time. So he would go, you know, he would get one girl and then, um, <laughs> mom would say, come on. Um, you, he would get one girl, one of us, you know, and just wear us out for, <laughs> wear us out for a whole, you know, uh, year or so, you know, or however many, I was in this thing for three years with him three years of this deception with him. And, and he would just wear me out, just wear me out. I mean, it was, if it wasn't every night, it was every other night, come over, come over, come over. And he would just wear me out. And the lust on me became so strong. Whereas I would masturbate in my car on the way home from his house. I'm being very naked and transparent with you guys. I, I I have to expose this demon for who he truly is, right? I would masturbate in my car. I would drive with one leg up and I would be, because the lust would, I could not stop. And, and, and you know, you keep ejaculating 
It's like, a, you know, it, and it was, it, you can tell it's a spiritual thing and it's a demonic thing, you know, because you literally cannot control yourself. Literally, just like someone who's addicted, they're addicted to crack, they're addicted to alcohol, they're addicted to whatever they're addicted to. They literally can't stop. People who are addicted to pornography, they literally cannot stop. You know, it calls them in the night. It, 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 you know, it, it, it messes with them. You have these spirits called incubus and succubus. These spirits, one sleeps with a man, one sleeps with a woman. Well, nowadays it's just all, would probably always has been that way because Sodom and Gomorrah, they don't care if it's a man, woman or whatever, a boy or girl, these demons will come in and, and have sex with you in your sleep. So this thing was so strong on me. This is how strong these demon had me. And so, um, uh, so all the while, though, it looked as if he, he became so much more anointed. His anointing was so strong, y'all. It was so strong when he came in that pulpit, especially after we just got out the bed. I want to tell you that. I, we would we would sleep together Sunday morning. I would, you know, Sunday morning before church. Sunday morning before church. And he would afterwards, after we have sex, he would get on the phone, call his armor bearer and say, hey, you know, go open the church. You know, I'm getting ready to uh, I'll be on my way shortly. And we just finished. And then I would go home, shower, get dressed. He would go shower, get dressed. And then we would meet at the church. Yeah. So that's how strong it was. Um, and, and, uh, and very, very bold because when he would come in there and preach, I mean, it was like, he just got, he just got some more power. <laughs> he just got that demon would just got some more power. And I mean, he would come in there and preach the, the roof off that doggone building and everybody be in there shouting. And I mean, like you would have thought you was at the Super Bowl. You would have thought you was at the Super Bowl. That's how that's how that's how it goes down. OK. And so um, and so then I got a uh, goodness. I'm looking at the time now. OK, <laughs> I probably won't be able to finish this. We'll probably, you know, next week, you know, I wanted to finish what God gave me for tonight. And then next week I'll give you, you know, uh, more because he you know, this is this is going to continue. Um, let me check my podcast listeners. Are y'all OK over here? Oh, OK. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah. So, um, what was I saying? Um, the thing gains more power and it seems like their anointing becomes stronger each time it becomes stronger. Right. And so, um, uh, now you, um, you have become completely immersed in this thing. And then the demon starts to uh, control you uh, in, 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 in very weird and crazy ways, telling you things like, you know, you know, you know, when it's when they're lying and uh, and they um, when they're lying about because they'll say, you know, well, you're the first. This is the first time I ever did this because, you you know, we women, we want to know. We go start asking questions about other women. We're going to be like, well, you know, have you ever done this before? You know, have you, um, you know, how many women have you slept with? You know, 
after the fact. It's too late to ask that question. You didn't already gave it up. Right. And so, um, yeah. So, you know, I'm asking uh, I'm asking these questions and stuff like that. And so um, he becomes more bold. And so what he tells me is um, he was uh, he was like, uh, you better not get pregnant. Right after we finished, you know, one night, uh, one morning, he said uh, he looked at me and he said, you better not get pregnant. And I said, what do you mean? And he was like, um, he was like, you know, I can't have no kids by you. And I was like. Well, what's wrong with that? You know, I said, you. I thought you said, you know, that, you know, we were getting married and everything. And he was like girl he was like you you need to go get on some protection you need some protection because i mean he was wearing me he really wanted to wear this is at the point where he really wanted to really you know wear me out really really want to wear wear me out more and so he was like um you need to go get on some protection i tried every form of birth control because when i was younger i had been put on birth birth control because i had ovarian cysts and it was supposed to help me but instead you know it made my periods very irregular i, I started to you know gain weight and stuff like that and my my cycles became even more painful um uh, after a while. And so I had to come off of the birth control. So when he tells me this, I'm, I'm naturally become nervous about the birth control. Cause I'm like, I remember what happened to me before, you know? And so I was like, okay, I, I know I can't get on the pill. So, um, I, I better find some other kind of form of birth control. And so, um, uh, but when he said that to me, I remember just rolling over and balling up in a ball and I just cried. You know, he got up and went to the bathroom and I was just laying there crying. I was like, God, surely this ain't you. Surely this ain't. No, no, no. I think he lied. I think he lied to me. Surely you're not pleased. Surely this is not your will at all. Because why do we have to hide it? You know, and so um, that's when I started to wake up, you know, out of the delusion that he had put on me, the spell that he had put on me. And um, but but, you know, um, during this phase of it, um, I did go and get on birth control. I went and got on birth control because I was I was afraid to tell him no, you know. And so I started. Uh, I had the ring, the thing that they put inside you. It's like a ring that, you know, and um, he would ask me questions. Well, how does it work or whatever, you know, and he was trying to make sure that it was really going to work, you know, um, because he didn't want to use a condom. Now, the reason they don't want to use condoms is because what they need blood contact constantly. Every time they get that blood contact, they get more power. They get more power. Now, why am I saying that my apostle put witchcraft, uh, went and got witchcraft somehow, and I don't, and I can't prove it? Well, I'm going to tell you this: he had some friends that were from Africa, that were African uh, people. I think they were Nigerians, right? Um, because the way I know this is because one night. After uh, we slept together, it was about uh, three o'clock in the morning. And he said, I, I have an appointment. I, um, I need you to take me somewhere. And so 
I'm thinking, well, you know, why don't you just drive your car? But there was a certain fear there. I knew not to question him too much, you know? And so um, he had me to take him in my car and drop him off in another city, in a nearby city where, um, uh, where, uh, you know, these houses were. And um, it was in this neighborhood. Now it's three o'clock in the morning. It's night, it's pitch black, you know, and um, we get there and he has me to drop him off in the middle of the street. And I can look over and see the house where the lights are on and everything. So this got to be where, where he going because the other people, you know, got common sense. It's three o'clock in the morning. I got to work. I'm going to bed. Right. So this the house lights of uh, this house were on and you could hear the people in there. You could hear them in there. And um, you, it was no, it was loud. It was kind of noisy. I could even hear from the street um, from the car. And um, he had me drop him off in the middle of the street. Like I ain't talking about in the middle of the street where the houses are on. I'm talking about in the middle of the intersection to the street. And then I saw the direction he ran. And obviously he was running to the house where the lights were on. And you could hear voices because I drove, you know, uh, after, you know, I, I kind of like circle around because I'm curious. Right. And then I could hear uh, African voices. And I knew they were Africans or Nigerians because I had a friend at work who was very, you know, close to me and she was Nigerian. And so I knew, she, you know, I knew how, uh, how that, I knew those voices, how they sound, the, the accent, you know. And so he had me to drop him off at some African people's house at three o'clock in the morning. You may say, well, what, what does that mean? You know, that don't mean nothing. He just went to some friend's house. No, he had a meeting at 3 a.m. 3 a.m. is the witching hour, number one. And number two, um, what are you doing in a meeting at three o'clock in the morning and you're a, you're a man of God? What kind of meeting is at three o'clock in the morning that you can't go and be home with your family? You are you over here at some African's house doing what at three in the morning? Doing what? It ain't church. You ain't having house church. It ain't no prayer meeting. You know, it, 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 what, what is that? So this is what we're talking about. Uh, um, this is what we're talking about. And so um, this is looking back again in hindsight. I realize now. Mm, OK, so that must have been what was going on. He had, you know, he had got himself involved with these African, uh, with these African guys, these African, uh, preachers and stuff. And, um, you know, suddenly, you know, because suddenly everything changed in terms of the church. Like, like I told you in the beginning, it was anointed. It was, you could tell it was of God. The power of God was there. Suddenly everything became about money. He started to tell us every time I preach, you need to be laying something down on this altar. I'm the best preacher in this country, blah, blah, blah. You leave my church. You ain't going to never find another preacher like me. You know, he would he would always, you know, um, talk about other preachers and say, you know, um, they ain't, uh, you know, they ain't anointed. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they can't preach like me. They ain't got nothing on me you know, and stuff like that. Some of the stuff that he was saying about these other churches was true. But the fact that he was self-exalting 
Now, this is the pride, right? So what did we talk about? We talked about the anointing, right? Uh, what is that anointing for? That anointing is so that it is a spell. It is a spell that they come in there and, and that uh, that anointing is actually a witchcraft spell that is cast over you. It is a spirit of divination that is cast over the people in the church. So anything coming out of the mouth of that prophet or that, you know, uh, pastor or wh whatever they are, anything coming out of his mouth. Now they are putting a spell on you and you become enslaved to that to that man to that demon. And you begin to, you know, you don't know why you just want to do whatever they say, do, you know, if they say, bring, come and bring a thousand dollars, you looking for a thousand dollars. What I got to do? I got, I need to pawn my TV. Then I need to pawn something. I got to get this money. We started having these, these, uh, these offering lines. I call them auctions now <laughs> where, you know, every month, once a month, you know, first Sunday of the month, you know, um, you you had to bring uh, at least three hundred dollars, and you got put in a certain line. If you didn't bring through, if you brought more than three hundred, oh my God, you got you you know. Now they're separating you and put and and setting you apart. Like, oh, this is you know y'all better than the other ones because y'all gave you know the most money, and then you know the three hundred dollars line. If you brought three hundred dollars, come stand in this line. Okay. If you brought a hundred dollars, stand in this line. Okay. Everybody else is sitting. Okay. So eventually all the other people that are sitting, if you brought anything at all, now you can stand up. And now because the lines, you know, when he, when you come shake his hand and put the money in his hand, it, they had, it had to be a handshake because they're leaving that spirit on you there. Mm. They're anointing that, you know, that uh, that money, that hand to come to bring more, more. What does the scripture say in Proverbs that the horse, the horse leech has two daughters crying, give, give. It's never enough. They're always crying, give, give, give more, more, more. So you have to have contact. The, the handshake represents covenant agreement. It represents agreement once again. So once you walk up there and put that money in their hand, right? You have come into agreement with that spirit, with that demon. And now you are under this spell and you will continually want to bring them more and more and more. You won't go to another church. You won't go to another man of God. He has already bewitched you. He's already bewitched you. You'll be trying to do your best to make sure that you are the, you know, you are the, um, uh, uh, the, the, the chosen one <laughs> that you are the, you know, that you are the star of the class, right? A transfer. That's it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just like that. And so, um, when you come up there and you put the money in their hand and you shake their hand, now you've come into agreement with that demon. And now they're going to pray over you and prophesy over you. And you think, oh, hallelujah, praise God. You know, you come there, you want that word. You want that prof prophetic word, right? Everything is about a word of prophecy. What God finna give me? What God finna do for me, right? Whole nother spirit, because the true gospel of Jesus Christ says, what can I do for you, Lord? What can I do to please you, Jesus? Who can I reach for you? Anoint me to serve you. It's not about you giving. It's not about God giving you something. 
He's all, he said, I've already given you all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Yeah, he said, I have already supplied all your need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus, just like a, a real father should. He takes care of his children. So what more do you need from him? You know, you use the, the gifts and talents that he placed in your life to, you know, to get what 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 you what he has already provided for you through his way and not man's way. Because a, a responsible father will tell you, if you don't work, you don't eat, right? He will tell you, you need to uh, be responsible. He will teach you the, the true uh, meaning of responsibility. He will teach you the true meaning of, um, of uh, you know, hard work and everything. Now, you know, I know the Bible talk, we, some, somebody's saying right now, you know, well, we're not under the works of the law. No, we're not under the works of the law. But guess what? Everything in this this Bible is a book of covenant. That means you have a part to play. It is a is a book of covenant agreement, not a book of promises, a covenant. That's why the, that's why the devil Im, imitates God and also operates in covenant. What did we just say? A, tr a handshake, a transfer. You do this. I'll do that. It's a covenant agreement. So what does the Bible say about work? He said, it says, if a man doesn't work, he don't eat. It says we must work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. It talks about the working of miracles, how the, you know, how Jesus and, and the apostles, that there was the working of miracles, which is a spiritual gift. It's talking about working. That means you have a part to play. God, Jesus told that servant who buried his talent and didn't go work it out. He said, you wicked and what? Slowful servant. You don't want to work. He used parables about people who worked. He said when they, when he, when they found the disciples, they were what? They were working. They were fishermen, lawyers. Doctors. Luke was a doctor. Matthew was a uh, was a lawyer. You know, these Peter and them, they were fishermen. They were working. Jesus turned around and said, the, the harvest is plenteous, but the what? The laborers are few. The laborers are few. The laborers are few. Even when you look at the ministry of Jesus and the life of Jesus, he was always working. He was a carpenter. He was a gardener. When he came into his ministry, he wasn't lazy about his ministry every day. He was somewhere else working for the kingdom, spreading the kingdom of God. So that's what this is about. Right. So what this devil is saying to you is that, you know, I'm going to you bring me your money. I'm going to give you a prophetic word, a, a fake promise that God is getting ready to give you something for free. You ain't got to work for it. <laughs> God getting ready to bless you. You finna become a millionaire. How you going to become a millionaire? You ain't working. Somebody just going to give you a new house. Oh, now you're sowing a mindset that I, I can get stuff out of God for free. Now you're seeing God as this genie in a bottle that you can just rub the bottle or rub his belly and out comes out pops a blessing. You know, give me, give me, give me. Instead of seeing him as your father. 
that's what's wrong with a lot of the church today. We don't see God as father. And I just missed, ministered a message on that uh, a few days ago. You can go back and find it here on my uh, on, on my uh, platforms. But this is what's happening. And so you put the money in his hand, you get prayed for a prophetic word, but it's not really a prophetic word. It's not a word from the Lord. It's not a word from the Lord. I know it sounds just like a word from the Lord. I know you see fake miracles and fake deliverance and some people fall out under the power of the Holy Spirit. That is not the Holy Spirit. That is a demonic spirit. These, let me show, okay. Let me tell you how these spirits work. They stage stuff. Who's your daddy? That's right. Who's your daddy? <laughs> Who's your daddy? Yes. Uh, I got a message on that too. <laughs> you was there, Hama. Um, they, they, what they're doing is they network. I mean, this is the biggest scam known to man, uh, probably. They network together. This is high level. Our man of God saying this apostle. He said, he said it's high level organization. High level. You ain't seen this one before, huh? And so, what they do is they organize. Um, uh, before the service even starts, they already know who they're gonna prophesy to. They know your situation. They know what they're gonna say to you. You know, because they, you done, you done already told them all your business because you heed a man of God. You come stand in the line. You away for an hour, 30 minutes for a one on one for, you know, just for a few minutes to talk to the man of God. I need to tell him my situation, <laughs> you know, so he knows what's going on in the, in the house. Right. And so he's going to give you a word according to your um, according to your situation. And you're going to shout and dance on that word and everything and think it came from the Lord. That didn't come from the word, the Lord. That came from the, a spirit of divination. And let me tell you this. Every time you see these deliverance services where, you know, people are casting demons out of people and people falling on the floor and shaking and, blah, 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 you know, and all that kind of stuff, like little bobbleheads, you know, that is not real deliverance. These people are in their flesh or they are under this under the power of a demonic spell. Because the, remember, the devil's number one uh, strategy is to make you uh, is to make you think that he's not there. Right. So when these demons, when these people come to come to the man of God, the false prophet. Right. Um, and they have uh, these demons in them and they need deliverance and the, and the prophet lays hands on them to cast the devil out of them. Yes, he has authority over these low, low level demons in the spirit realm because he paid for that power. So he cast the devil out, but guess what? He imparts another spirit. So the person, you will see the person keeps coming back for deliverance. Next week, they need deliverance again. They at the altar again. They manifesting again. Next month, they manifesting again. This repeated thing, the person is never set free. Because when, as soon as he cast that low level demon out that he has authority over because the devil gave him more power. Now he imparts another spirit. 
or seven more spirits, according to Jesus, according to scripture, more wicked than the first one. And they come back even, they leave even more demon possessed than they were the first time. Oh, you better hear me tonight. You better hear me tonight. You better hear me tonight. Don't be deceived. Now, there is a difference between prophetic witch. Uh, I'm sorry. There is a different a difference. And I want to say this. All of this witchcraft and stuff like that, it comes out of the spirit, a spirit called uh, sorcery, uh, divination, divination, according to the Bible. Right. And we talk about Jezebel, how Jezebel, you know, is a witch, witchcraft and all this kind of stuff. And it, the witchcraft, <clears throat> divination. OK. Witchcraft, what a, a what a witch is, is um, it is it is none other than mind control, mind control. Um, prophetic witchcraft is when. A servant of God begins to operate in an anointing that has been perverted and given to them. Uh, he's no longer operating under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but he is operating under the anointing of Lucifer. Lucifer anointed him. Right. So that is the difference. Now, um, these these now when we talk about divination, or uh, sorcery. Okay, let's talk about sorcery. Sorcery is 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 is, um, is uh, magic. It's a spell. It's a spell. It's magic. So they operate in sorcery. You know. Remember um, in uh, in when uh, remember when Moses and Aaron went there to Pharaoh to tell him that you know God said let my people go, and God told him to throw down his rod. And then suddenly here come Pharaoh's magicians, right? And they, uh, they throw down their rod, but their rod becomes a serpent. And Moses is like, whoa, you know, what's happening here? And, and then, and then uh, God tells him to throw down his rod and his rod becomes a serpent as well, but it, it becomes bigger and, and swallows up the other serpents. So sorcery, that, that was sorcery. That was God, God was showing them, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> Remember who's in charge here? Remember who's in charge, right? That's what, that was, that's what God was saying. Remember who's in charge. Because the whole fact that, that Pharaoh wouldn't let him go. It was all orchestrated by God. We don't think God is sovereign. Go read Job, Job chapter one. God had a purpose for all of that. And he says that he created that man to be destroyed. He knew that he was going to destroy him. He said, oh, they're not going to he's not going to let him go. You just go tell him what I said. And God knew the whole time that he ain't going to let him go, though. Same thing he said to Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel last night when we was when I, we were here. Remember, um, he said, Ezekiel, go prophesy to them. But now be mindful. Now they're they're not going to listen to you because they're a rebellious house. They have a 
they have a, a, a hard forehead. They stubborn and rebellious, stiff necked and rebellious. They're not going to listen. That's why, you know, I struggle whenever God give me a prophetic word, especially some of the words that, that I brought here over the past few months. I'm just like, Lord. I already know it's going to be rejected when I, before I even, I'm like, is this a waste of time, Lord? You know, he said, no, do what I tell you to do. Do what I tell you. So this, um, this is sorcery and this is divination, divination. Now let me give you the meaning of divination. And then I'm going to tell you the difference between uh, the occult and, and cults. And then I'm going to let you go because, uh, well, yeah, uh, uh, let me let me tell you this right here. Divination. Let me give you a definition for divination. Divination is the practice of seeking knowledge of the future or the unknown by supernatural means. Seeking knowledge, knowledge. Now, God says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. What does that mean? That means that he wants us to seek knowledge. But but because we're all spiritual beings, because every human being has the spirit of God in them. Right. Because we're spirit, soul and body. The spirit belongs to God. That's the God part of you. The soul is your mind, your will and your emotions. And then you are encased in a physical house that is made of clay, dirt, which is water, which is dirt mixed with water. God says, I'm the potter. You are the clay. He made Adam from the dust of the ground, clay. And he called him Adam, which means atoms mixed with dirt. God is a huge conglomerate of atoms. That's why you you can't see him, but he's there. Now, now go research an atom for those of you who don't know anything about science and physics. You'll, you'll find that out. That's that's what that's that's where the atheistic uh, mindset uh, or the agnostic mindset or the uh, religion uh, came from, because they those scientists, they realized, wait a minute, this is a living being, but it doesn't have a physical body. At that point, they realized, oh, my gosh, atom atoms. Wow. God is real. But they didn't want to acknowledge that God was real because they did not want to stop living the sinful lives that they were living or doing whatever they wanted to do. Same thing they're doing today, sleeping around on their wives, you know, and having their little men's meetings and stuff like that. They didn't want to stop what they were doing. They did not want to obey God. They wanted to continue to rebel because that's in their nature. And so they began to form this doctrine that Oh, God's not real evolution. That's how we got here. Oh, we have the power. We have the key to this knowledge, but we're not going to share it with anyone. We're going to keep it secret under lock and key. We're going to keep it a secret. So they are um, hiding knowledge, even over there in the Vatican, all this stuff, you know, the original, uh, scrolls and stuff like that the scripts that the that the uh the bible was written from all, i mean all of these uh all of these ancient artifacts and stuff that prove uh the truth about about god prove the truth about jesus prove the truth about you know everything they keep it over there 
in the Vatican under lock and key, high level security, high level, high level. I mean, principality, high level security. Yeah, that's what's operating over there. And so they have the key of knowledge. The Bible says, Jesus says, you have the key of knowledge. You won't go into the door and you won't let anyone else in either. So what does this say? It's divination. This is one of the forms of this witchcraft is divination, which is seeking a higher level of knowledge by a supernatural means. Supernatural. Now, it's supernatural, which means it's spiritual, which means they believe in the spirit realm, which means they believe in the devil, which means they believe in God. So stop lying. You ain't no atheist. You know God is real. Stop lying. So they're operating in this high level of knowledge. Well, when we when we look at these secret societies in the world, right? We know about Illuminati, secret societies, and all these conspiracy and stuff. Conspiracy theories, them ain't lying. Them people ain't lying. Them people are not lying. Climate control. Wonder why we got all this crazy weather and stuff. This these people is not lying. They know the truth and more and more and more people are coming out and telling the truth. Bill Gates and all them. What are, who are they really? All this spirit cooking mess and child pedophilia, sex trafficking. Where do you think this stuff is coming from? All up in the government. The entertainment industry, the music industry, the, the, the movie industry, the prison industry. These are corporations. Corporate divination, governmental divination. They are controlling the minds of men. This is witchcraft and divination. And they and they uh, they they seek. Uh, they, you know, they come out of these these fancy schools, Harvard, Yale, all them schools and stuff up north. Well, the Bible say don't ever talk about nothing good that come out of the north. Even Satan himself, uh, the Bible says that he's set in the sides of the north. Oh, God, y'all better read y'all Bible, boy. Y'all better hear me tonight. Y'all better hear me tonight. God know what he's talking about. Listen to the Holy Spirit tonight. He know what he's talking about. And so you have the knowledge, right? And then you have the, um, the, the control, the control. They see, they want to control the people. So they use this higher level of knowledge that they achieve through this back entrance of in, into spirituality. They entered into the spirit world through the back door. Well, Jesus said, if you don't come through the gate, anybody that comes in through the back door through a nut or climbs up another way is a thief and a robber. So they got their powers another way. They entered the spirit realm another way. They didn't come through the gate. Who is the gate? Jesus. 
Who is the door? Jesus. He says, I am the door. If any man cometh, no man cometh to the Father but by me. So if any my, any man enter into this realm any other way, tries to climb up any other way other than coming through me, he is a thief and a robber. So that's what we're talking about. Now, I'm going to tell you the difference between, I'm not going to keep you too much longer here because I know y'all, look, it's late. Okay. The difference between a, the, a cult and a cult. How do you know the difference between a cult in a church or the occult, which is the demonic thing that, that we've been talking about, right? How do you know if this pastor or this leader um, or this prophet uh, has went and and, and and bought some powers, you know, because they pay for this stuff. I ain't, ain't nothing free. The devil ain't going to make it easy. And he love money. He's the God of mammon. I mean, he, you got to give up your money, right? So they go, they actually pay for this witchcraft. Yeah. So how do you know whether they are operating under, you know, the actual occult or if it's, or if it's occult? Now, let me define cult for you. And then we're going to talk about the occult. I'm going to pull a simple definition from Google so you can look at it too. Uh, if you Google it, it says a system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object. The second definition says a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. Okay, so. What does that mean? And a cult, uh, the, excuse me, a cult, C-U-L-T, is a group of people who directs all of their, uh, their religious group, right? And they direct their devotion towards one particular figure or object. Now, the figure, this is what tells the difference between the true church of God, the true church, you know, of Jesus Christ and a cult, because in the cult, the man of God, the, the pastor, the apostle or the prophet or whoever is leading that church or established that church, you know, or founded that church is the figure that everyone uh, that everyone is devoted to. So they pledge their allegiance or they pledge their devotion to the figure head, which is the man. Instead of pledging their allegiance and their devotion to Jesus. Mm, she sister said, I was just comparing cults and cliques. Yeah, yeah. This goes a little bit deeper than the click, though, but you on the right track. Yes, yes. Yes. And, yes. And amen. So. Um, so this, this group of people now, now this is a level, right? We're on this level of cult. Uh, this thing, it, it escalates. So when you looking at a church that is a cult, this group of people 
Every all eyes on the pastor, all eyes on the apostle, all eyes on the prophet. We got the best man of God. You know, can't nobody out preach him. You know, can't nobody. Uh, he ain't nobody more anointed than him. You know, he he is it. He is the head honcho. He is the only nacho. Whatever I chose. I mean, he just you know he just the bomb dot com. Right. Everything is about the man, the figure. And this man is like sitting on a throne in this church and he's accumulating all the praise. He don't care if you praise him. That's all right. I know what you mean. I know you. I know what you meant. Yeah. You didn't say uh, you didn't say praise Jesus. But, you know, <laughs> you know. I know you was talking about me. You know what I'm saying? So when you giving praise and accolades to them and stuff like that, they will not stop you. But that's not scripture because the Bible says when John saw when, when John in the book of Revelation uh, saw the angel and bowed down to worship the angel, even the angel of God himself said, no, don't worship me. Stand up. Worship who? God. Worship God. So they don't mind that. And, and a lot of them, um, they, they're attention seekers. Like they have a problem with low self-esteem and insecurity. Uh, the, the devil entered into them long time ago because um, and, and, and took their self-esteem. Maybe they were abused. They were molested or something happened to them in their past where the devil gained an entrance into them and stole from them. Right. Because he comes to steal, kill and destroy it's in that order. <laughs> And 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 stole from them, uh, stole their self-esteem. And so now we have to be very careful. Please, please, please. If you got a if you got a roll in the lay in the arms of Jesus. You know, every day, you know, I mean, if you got to just soak in his presence and if you got to do whatever you can to get free from the spirit of low self-esteem and insecurity, because that is an, uh, that is a dangerous entrance. The devil will open, the devil has a place there and he will let all kinds of spirits in on you. Next thing you know, you will be his puppet because now you're seeking, you're seeking the praises and the attention of men. And that will be your only reward is that the men, yes, they will praise you, but is God praising you? See, Jesus said, be careful when all men speak well of you. That's why I don't care about being persecuted as a prophet. And I don't, I don't care about the title. You don't call me, call me Shelly, Lachelle, whatever. Don't call me prophet prophetess, this and that. These people love titles. They want that attention. No, look at my function as a gift. You'll see it. You'll understand. Eventually you'll figure it out. Oh, she's a prophet. Oh, she's an evangelist. Oh, she's a pastor. You know, you know, so, so, but these people, they want that attention. So they heap up these titles and they, and, and, and I want to tell you this, when they go, um, okay, should I share this now or with the occult? Okay, well, I'm gonna go here. Okay, so um, when they go and get when the when the occultists, okay, when they go and get those witchcraft powers, guess what? They come back with a different name. The, Satan baptizes them and gives them a new name because what did God do? He changed their names. <laughs> 
He changed their names. So you wonder why they got these crazy names, especially the African ones. They always got a, you know, a kooky name, you know, that's not their real name at all. And and some of them got multiple names and you like, whoa, 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 you know, what, well, what is your name? You know, um, because now they have given you the name of uh, the the function that the, the name of your assignment, basically, the demon named you after what you what he's sending you out to do. He will give you a name just like Jesus changed the name of Peter. When he said, who do men think that I say that I am? Well, who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the son of God. You know, uh, you are uh, Jesus. You are the uh, the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus said, uh, um, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, you know, Upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not be prevail. And he said, "You shall no longer be called Peter, but uh, you shall no longer be called um, uh, Peter, but Cephas." Was, was it the other way around? Simon, you should no longer be called Simon, but Peter, meaning the rock, right? Because upon this revelation, I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail, right? So he changed his name. And what did God do with Jacob? Jacob, you know, went through his transformation and God said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, right? He changed the name of, 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 um, of Abraham to Abram. He he changed the name of Sarai to Sarah. He changed their names. So what is the devil? Counterfeit, copy paste. I'm preaching that message already. So I guess I don't know if I'm going to be able to release that one next week. <laughs> copy paste. But yeah, so he changed the name and gives them another name by the name under which they will operate uh, under that demonic power. So now we know what a cult is, right? A cult um, is a people who are uh, they they are worshiping the, the, the figure or the leader. Right. Instead of worshiping Jesus, worshiping Christ or worshiping God, the father. Right. And so now we're going to talk about the occult. The occult is just basically um, uh, one second here. Oh, because if I keep talking, I'll type the wrong thing. Uh, I, I, I tend to do that. Okay, so the occult is the supernatural, mystical, or magical beliefs, practices, or phenomena. The example says a secret society to study alchemy and the occult. Okay, I hope you're delivered. I hope you, you know, <laughs> don't go messing with this stuff. Okay, and then it has another meaning. It says uh, an adjective of involving, uh, of involving or relating to supernatural, mystical, or magical powers or phenomena. That's why I was telling you about divination, sorcery. The example says a follower of occult practices similar to voodoo, right? Which is witchcraft. Um, it also says medicine. Now we understand that uh, the uh, the uh, the spirit of pharmacia, right, uh, or pharmaceutical spirit. Uh, when you look at the medical spirit, it uh, at the medical symbol, it has a snake wrapped around a staff. Remember what I told you? They twisted something up. It looked like a wicked stick, 
right? And gave it to that, uh, to that uh, prophet and said, you got to touch this every time you, before you go to preach and stuff like that. So this is, um, this is what it's talking about uh, um, here when it says medicine. Now, why would medicine be under the definition of a cult? You tell me that. Tell me that. Why does, why am I looking at the word medicine under the word, under a definition by the Oxford languages under the word occult? Tell me that. Tell me why. Explain that to me, somebody. Medicine of a, it says medicine of a disease or process not accompanied by readily dissemble uh, by red, excuse me, let me read that again. Of a disease, of a disease, right? Disease or process not accompanied by readily discernible signs or symptoms. That means that not accompanied by readily discernible signs or symptoms. Not accompanied. That means that you cannot discern this thing. It's not easily seen or known by the signs or the symptoms. You see that? So what did, what did, what did, uh, what did we talk about last night? Last night we talked about, uh, I share with you uh, the word that God gave me uh, several weeks back. And what did he tell me? I read it straight from my notes. Cause when he talks to me, I'll talk into my notes. So I won't forget what he said to me that day. And this day he said that there is a lot going, there is a lot more going on than meets the eye. That the naked eye can, the natural eye cannot see it. Uh, but the spiritual eyes, the spiritual eye sees all things. Well, spiritual eyes, I wrote I, but. He said eyes, because in the realm of divination and stuff, you have the eye, the third eye. Right. But in the in the true in the kingdom of God, we have spiritual eyes, just like we just like he gave us two physical eyes. We have two spiritual eyes. Now, where they get one eye from? Tell me that. This third eye realm, this chakra yoga, you know, this all, all this old new age uh, stuff them as demons. That's divination. That is the occult. And these people are being visited by demons thinking that they're angels. They are angels. They are demonic angels. They are fallen angels. So this is where we're, this is what we're talking about. This is the difference between the, uh, a, a cult and the occult. The occult is the actual practice of spiritual uh, mystical, magical beliefs or phenomena involving the supernatural, um, uh, involving uh, uh, signs and symptoms and things that are not easily discerned. So that is why God was warning us in the scripture when he said, uh, when he said, um, uh, if it were not possible, even the very, if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. He's warning us, do not be deceived. He turned around and he said, he said, uh, uh, be not ignorant of the devices of the devil. And then he said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. 
the devices of the devil. You see? And then he said that Satan walks around uh, uh, as, as a roaring lion, right? Seeking whom he may deceive, seeking whom he may devour. Excuse me. He devours us through deception. I told you he is a master deceiver. He is an expert and a professional at, at making things uh, at uh, making things seem different from what they really are, making things appear different from what they really are. That's why we have to. God said, dig, dig in the wall. Like I, like he told Ezekiel, he said, make sure he said, set watchmen, wake up the watchmen, because if you dig in here. If you investigate and dig into this thing, you will find out that there is a lot more going on than meets the eye. Now, I'm going to tell you two forms of and then we're going to close because I got to get out of here, y'all. Um, we've been on here for two hours. Jesus. But um, I'm, I'm dropping what God put in my spirit. Now I have to empty out and then I will come back with, you know, next week with a fresh, uh, fresh one for you. So now. Um, two ways. I'm going to, I'm going to give you two ways that, uh, these occultic churches operate in America and abroad, like I promised you. And I'm going to, um, show you, uh, um, a, a couple of signs, you know, that you are involved in one of these. You could be involved in one of these, or you'll be able to recognize it when you see it. Now, the first one is a prof prophetic and apostolic sorcery or witchcraft, right? So this spirit mainly loves to operate under the guise of the prophetic and the apostolic. Why? Because when Jesus uh, ascended on high, led captivity captive, gave gifts unto men, and he gave some what? Apostles, prophets, secondarily prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Okay, let me change my hands. Apostles, prophets who point the way, apostle, right? This is the, without that thumb, you can't use your hand at all. So apostle is where? First. In that order, in that order, apostles, prophets, pastors. Oh, I got a word for you. Evangelists excuse me, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher in that order, in that order, right? God gave the order. We didn't set up the order. God set up the order. He does all things in order. He operates in order. And he told us to operate, to do all things decently. And what? In order. Don't change the order. Now, why are some of us um, who are who know who we are called to be? We know what our gift is, right? We may be a, a, a we God may have revealed to us that we are um, uh, a prophet or we are an apostle. Does that say an apostle? But you're sitting under a pastor. And the pastor is teaching you. And the pastor is strictly a pastor, though. The, the pastor is not an apostolic pastor or a prophetic pastor. He is just a pastor. So when you come to him talking about the apostolic and things concerning the apostolic, or when you come to him talking about things concerning the prof, the office of the prophet, 
He don't know what you're talking about. He knows of it, but he has no experience to share with you. He cannot teach you or train you in that area because he is simply a pastor. And it's not his fault. It's not his fault. But why am I saying that? I'm saying that the, for those of you who know that you have a, this, you know, these kinds of uh, giftings, but you're sitting under a pastor and you're frustrated because you feel like you're not getting what you need out of that thing. It's not enough. That is simply because this man is operating in, in the in the call in the gifting that God gave him. That's all he has. Now, sometimes he may he may try to help you, you know, um, but but most he can do is direct you to someone who can help you if he cares, you know, about, about that or um, or, you know, try to uh, or you're going to have to go and get some kind of uh, development or training. And nine times out of 10, God is going to pull you aside like he did me and he's going to train you himself. He's going to pull you out of everything and train you himself, because a lot of the stuff that we have learned and these traditions and stuff that we have picked up come out of the spirit of Antichrist and, and uh, paganistic religion. That's just the truth of the matter. So a lot of this stuff, God will pull us aside to reteach us uh, himself because we have been indoctrinized with a false doctrine and a spirit of error. And God said, I didn't I didn't set it up that way. And I love you too much to leave you there. So come up here with me. Let me show you some stuff. So this is what we're talking about. Two types of these occultic churches. Um, my sister said, right. So you know about that. Amen. And so um, uh, in America and abroad. Now, the first one we talked about, uh, prophetic and apostolic, how the devil, uh, these spirits love to operate under the guise of the prophetic and the apostolic. Now, why? Let me show, let me share with you why. We just talked about the fivefold and the order, right? Apostles first, secondarily prophets, right? Okay. Now we know that there are five, five gifts, right? Five uh 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 gifts that Jesus gave unto who? Men, right? Okay. Now look at the other five. Look, look at the counterfeit over here. You see the counterfeit? What do we talk about? Rebellion, pride, lust, greed, gluttony. You see these five? Okay. So these five also try to operate under the guise of this five. You see my hands? He will come in try to disguise himself under the, under the, you know, so, so that people will think that this is a, uh, this is a real uh, teacher. No, this is the spirit of rebellion. This is a real um, pastor. No, this is the spirit of lust. This is a real prophet. No, you know, this is the spirit of greed. It's a real, you know, you see what I'm saying? So he, he comes under there 
What does that tell you? That means that he has false apostles. He has false prophets. He has false evangelists. He has false pastors. He has false teachers. Oh, yes, he do. Oh, yes, he do. That's what we're talking about tonight. So he loves to operate. And the main two that he loves to exploit, because remember when we started, we were talking about exploitation. He loves to exploit that apostolic and prophetic office because these are the top. These are the the app of the apostle is the head of the church. The foundation, the builders, the found they lay the foundation of the church. Peter was an apostle. Upon this rock, I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. You see, so this is why he wants to pervert and twist that office of the apostolic. That's why you don't see many real apostles anymore. We don't even really hear about them much anymore, really. Everything, every, and then, and then uh, the prophets, you know, oh, he loved to use the prophets because the prophets are naturally, you know, we we're naturally, you know, charismatic. You know what I'm saying? Like we like to flaunt a little bit, most of us, you know, because we come from a certain lifestyle that God allowed us to go down that road and he brought us back. He allowed you to go into the depths of darkness. The apostles have been through the depths of darkness. The apostles, the prophets have been through in the depths of darkness. God let us get all the way in there, down and dirty with it. And we were, we came through a certain type of lifestyle. You see? And, and that's why you see most uh, prophets are kind of, you know, flamboyant. You know what I'm saying? Got a little swag about them. You know what I mean? Because we've been some places. Now, you know, God, if you, if you just keep walking with the Lord, God will strip that right off of you. And make you humble as pie. <laughs> you just be humble as pie, you know. Yes, Lord. <laughs> you know, I don't need all because you begin to realize that you don't need all of that. You don't need all of that. You know, I see some of these uh, some of these uh, uh, preachers and stuff around here. These uh, pastors, uh, social media pastors, Facebook uh, prophets and stuff like that. And they call themselves prophets and apostles and stuff. And they wear the title and stuff like that. And they so extra. I mean, they are extra. And I'll just be looking at them like, why do we need all that, though? All that flesh. I can see the flesh. I'm like, these people ain't crucified. The Bible says crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live and the life I now live. You see, I live by the faith of the son of God. It's not I, but it's Christ living through me. And he didn't need all of that. All he did was spoke the word. So this is what we're talking about. Um, so they they like to use that. They, you know, because devil, the devil likes to show off, you know, once, like I said, once he gets in there, then he likes to. You know, he, he going, he going, he's going to, uh, he's going to be bolder. He's going to be bolder. You know, he going to show off a little bit to let, let you know, Hey, cause he, he wants you to know, he wants you to now know, now he wants you to remember I'm the one in control here. You know, who's your daddy? I'm your daddy. That's what he wants. He wants to replace God. He sits in the temple as God. As if he is God, but he is not. 
So you see what I'm saying? So he loves to use that, the prophetic and the apostolic. He wants to exploit those offices. And many of these gifts, uh, well, when it comes to apostles, especially and prophets can move in multiple gifts, multiple gifts. You might start out as a pastor. You may start out as a some start out as a pastor. And because they've been faithful over that few things, God will give them more. And then they begin to be able to operate as an evangelist, as a prophet, you know, in these other giftings, you know what I'm saying? Or vice versa. But your original calling, that's who you were called to be. You are a pastor. You can operate in the, you can flow in the prophetic at times, but you were not born a prophet. God deals with his prophets completely different than, than with someone who just simply has a prophetic gift. Same with an apostle. Apostles, they, they suffer, I mean, go through so much suffering. Your whole life is suffering. Your whole life is suffering. And I never wanted to claim that as uh, that apostolic title, even though I see a lot of signs of it in my in my ministry, you know, but I don't want to claim that because I know them. You talk about persecution. Look what they did to them apostles. Look what they did to John and them. Boiled them in oil, you know, three times. Couldn't kill them, though. Stone Stephen, you know, hung Peter upside down, crucified him upside down. Well, he asked for that, the upside down part, but he didn't ask to be crucified. But he count they counted they counted it a joy to partake in the sufferings of our master, Jesus Christ. So, you know, you 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 have to go through some processing so your mindset can be switched to be able to embrace and endure suffering, uh, endure hardness as a good soldier. That's why I told you before, when when God would put me in fiery situations, fiery trials, and I, I would be praying to get out of it. And he said, no, he said, no, you stay in there. <laughs> you stay in the fire until you become fire, because I'm, I'm finna show you something. Because I make my minister, my minister is flames of fire. And that is what torments demons. The fire of the living God. The fire of the living God. So the second one is corporate enslavement. It's another type of an occultic church. Corporate enslavement. Yes, I'm saying it. I have to go this way. I'm sorry. I know I'm going to step on some toes right here. But I'm sorry. But this is what the Lord is saying. Corporate enslavement. Remember, we were talking about the different industries. These they operate like corporations. Right. Uh, because it's a money making thing. Right. It is a money making machine. OK. Now we're talking about corporate enslavement, not just in the world system, but also in the church. Also in the church. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love y'all. I hear your spirit. I hear your spirit. I hear you in the spirit, but I have to go this way because this is what the Lord is saying. It's saying this is what the Lord revealed to me. Corporate enslavement in the church. Why do why are we saying corporate enslavement? Because this is how these churches function, whereas they they function as uh, more so as a business and a corporation than than a church. It is no longer the house of God or the house of prayer alone. Now, we understand that we need order, so we need to organize ourselves. That's true. 
But when you are a functioning straight business, straight corporation, you know, everything has to be laid out like a corporation runs itself. Everything. I mean, the people that work under you, your volunteers that are unpaid. Yeah. My sister said, yeah, and they don't help people either. That's true. Um, well, you know, um, some of them don't know they're moving in this spirit and they will help you, but they still want you there. They want you there. Now, these spirits, they want they take over your life. They take over your life. You don't you know, they keep telling you, you know, oh, you know, get rest and stuff like that. But but they're constantly pulling you. Come, come, come. We need you to do this. We need you to do that. Work harder. Do more. God is going to bless you. God is going to bless you. God is going to bless you. Work harder. Do more. Do more. We're going to have this. We're going to have that program. We're going to do this. We need people for that. Eventually, they'll say, they start out by saying, we're having this event. Well, we didn't all ask for the event. And sometimes the event don't even line up with the word. I'm like, well, where did they do that in the in the church? Uh, <laughs> where, where, where was that happening? You know, okay. Uh, we finna have a movie, you know, and everybody gonna come to church and watch the movie. Okay, I don't see that in the Bible, but okay. All right. We having the movie. Okay, cool. We have y'all have a movie. All right. I'm not gonna be there. I'm sorry. You know, this is what you're thinking in your mind. But suddenly we need volunteers. Who gonna serve the popcorn? Who gonna give the drinks? Who gonna do now? Is this an entertainment center or is this the house of God? <laughs> you know, who, you know, now they need volunteers. So then they start pulling on you. They start pulling on when they can't get enough volunteers. Now they're going to reach out to you personally and they're going to ask you, can you come and, and, and do this? And God already told you, no. God already told you, no. And now you have to wrestle with the thing about, you know, the people pleasing thing, you know, oh, well, you know, you know, I guess I can, you know, like that. And so uh, this is what they this is. This is one part of it. This is one sign is the, the it, when we talk about enslavement. Uh, well, uh, slavery been around for a long time and it ain't never been paid for correctly. In fact, you know, uh, people still waiting on Jim Crow and Jim ain't never showed up. My people still waiting on the what? The, not Jim Crow, the 40 acres and the mule. And we ain't seen the mule yet. We ain't seen the mule yet. <laughs> so slavery has never been uh, uh, paid for properly, even in the churches that where their volunteers are or, or where they're uh, they actually have paid employees. Them people ain't getting paid much of not, much of nothing for the work that they put in. This woman, woman of God said, you know, she was the man of God's uh, right hand man, right hand woman, you know, doing all the stuff that he told her to do and everything like that. Eventually, yes, he tried to sleep with her because it was an occulted church and she was doing all this stuff. And he was collecting. They was having all these conferences. Another sign conference after conference after conference after conference. What are we conferring about? The Bible is clear. So what are we conferring about? Why we got to keep coming together and have a conference? And you finna tell me again what the what's written in the word I can go home and read for myself. 
And this ain't no revival because the people go home the same. You just you just gave us another Sunday message. That's all you did. What's all these conferences about? You got to keep bringing all these speakers. Every week we see another flyer with another face on it. For what? It's a money game. And they're collecting the money. They're collecting the money. And then when they get in the back, they're going to hoard that money and they're going to give you $100. They just collected 10000 probably, five to 6000 They didn't set up their line. Okay, we need a $1,000 line. We got 20 people in here who can give $3,000. We got, then they start that auctioning, auction, auction. It's an auction, <laughs> you know, it's an auction. And, and then, you know, all of a sudden, when they get back there and they start counting the money, they're going to pay those employees. But those employees, that woman of God say, he gave me $400 uh, after a whole month of conferences. Every weekend they had a conference and they was collecting, boy. She was, she was like, you can see all the people bringing the money. I mean, ain't nobody stupid. You can see all the prosperity preachers. She say, yes. You can see them uh, bringing the money. So you you ain't crazy. You know, you know, but then when you get your portion, you know, or, or your paycheck, <laughs> just like in corporate America today, you, you realize I'm a slave because I just I just made all them bricks and all that stuff Pharaoh told me to do. And all he gave me was two hundred dollars. And he uh, he done collected, you know, thousands of dollars. And then he talking about the, the rent on the building and the electric bill. Well, our building ain't that big and we're still trying, we're renting a, a, a storefront and we don't even own our own building. So the, so the rent can't be that much. So what are you talking about? What are you talking about? We don't even, we still, we still raising a building fund. See, they think people are crazy and we are, we're crazy. We're, we, we, we're just as stupid as they play us to be because we sitting up there letting these spirits deceive us, right? So you have corporate enslavement. Every time you look around a different event, I mean, just left, right and center. You can't even schedule your own calendar for you and your family because you're constantly running to them. You set your calendar for the month. Right. And then and then as soon as, you know, you think you got a week. OK, now I got this this week coming up and stuff. Now I'm going to be able to get some stuff done that I need to do, you know, for me and my house. But then they they roll out another event. Boom. Flyer. Everybody share this flyer on your social media, blah, 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 blah. And you got to and they call it advertising because that's what corporations and businesses do. Market and advertise. They not scared to say advertising. I'm like, we don't want to do We don't want to advertise. Jesus didn't advertise. Did he? You see? And so. My sister said she going off in these comments. She said so they can have a Mercedes and mansions, but can't help, but can't help people in need. Mm -hmm. And then she says, I let my discernment uh, in motion. I can read them. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can read them. Amen.
And so this is what they're doing. This is what they're doing. I mean, people are testifying. This is what they're doing. So this is called corporate enslavement in the church. Yes, the Holy Ghost gave it a name. Corporate enslavement. It's in the church. It's in the church. And just like in the world, in a corporation, you're going to go there, you're going to put in your eight hours a day. They're going to call you for overtime and all that kind of stuff. And they're never going to pay you what you're worth. You know why? Because you are selling your gift and selling your talent. You're selling yourself short for a, for a few crumbs. You're selling yourself short. She said, witchcraft is in the churches too. Yeah, that's what we've been talking about, woman of God. This whole thing is about witchcraft in the church, prophetic predators and, 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 and clergymen who are operating under the guise of witchcraft, excuse me, operating in witchcraft and divination and sorcery under the guise of the fivefold ministry. Yeah, you, you on the right track. So this is what this is what we're talking about. Corporate enslavement. And so, you know, they have departments just like a corporation, just like a business has departments. They have their departments in there and they and they have. And if you're leading a department, you're responsible for your for the people in your department. And when they say we're, we're having this event or we need this or we need that um, and we need we're raised, we're raising money for that. Now you have to get with your group, get with your team and raise the money, you know, raise your portion of the money. So you got to go around begging people for money now. You know, and stuff like that, stuff like that. And I hate I know, I know I'm stepping on some toes. Jesus, you know, just like <laughs> Apostle Stevenson, it says, I know you want me to turn my plow. I know you want me to turn my plow, but I can't turn it because this is what the spirit of God says. This is what he says. And 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 and, and I'm not blaming anyone here because some people don't even know they're operating in this spirit. You, you know why they don't know? It's because they are trying to duplicate what they saw somebody else doing. They're trying to duplicate another church that's functioning this way. And they're taking, you know, notes from another church, not understanding what is what is controlling this man of God at the top of this church. You don't know the motive in that man's heart. You don't know if he went and bought some witchcraft or not. You don't know what spirit he's of. You don't have discernment because if you had the discernment that you needed, then you would understand that you have no need to copy paste. Copy paste for what? God made me original. I do everything original. What the spirit of God gives me, that's what I'm going to preach. And that's how I'm going to set up this church because it's God's church. It's, it belongs to Jesus and not me. This is the flock of God. It don't, they don't belong to you. And you can't just go copy paste. Everything you see somebody else do, even your messages are copy paste. I heard a man of God say it's OK to go listen to somebody else's message and then go preach the same thing on Sunday. No, it ain't. Unless the Holy Ghost gave you the same word. Now, there's a such thing uh, uh, we talk about. Uh, um, uh, prophetic plagiarism, right? 
spiritual plagiarism where you and a lot of I know a lot of this is happening on on online on social media. Let me see if my podcast people still with me. Oh, I ran out of time. Sorry, y'all. I'll 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 post it for you. <laughs> I ran out of time over there. She he said you may address me as Rick the Apostle. <laughs> That's funny. People leaving all kind of notes, all kind of uh, comments over there. Um, but yeah, but uh, what I was saying is that um, my sister's still going off. She said, den of thieves. She said, they are blinded and deaf. They aren't in the true spirit of God, but deceived by the enemy. Yeah. Uh, she said, you have to let the Holy Spirit direct you. Yes. Amen. Amen. You have to ho- let the Holy Spirit direct you. Um, you can't just copy paste. And um, uh, you... Um, you also have to understand that um, what spiritual plagiarism really is. It's just like plagiarism in the natural. You know, you, when you went to college, if we went to college, some of us, I tried to go, I dropped out, you know, <laughs> you know, but some of us uh, actually did try, you know, um, but uh, plagiarism is when you copy paste, right? But that is not what uh, you know, some of these preachers, uh, some of these uh, Facebook preachers and, and social media preachers and stuff, they will go and, you know, they will copy paste. They'll hear somebody preaching a word. I know my messages have been copy paste because I'm just like, I, I've seen some people do it, you know, uh, that, you know, they and, and I'm just like, OK, I'm like Apostle Paul. You know, um, I just I don't care as long as the word of God is being preached, as long as the gospel and the truth is being preached. That That's all I really care about. I don't care if you I don't care if you copy paste me, but I know copy pasting is not right because um, God God showed me. He said, don't you ever do that. When I heard this man of God say that, I, he said he, he said to me, don't you ever do that. That's wrong. Because let me tell you why it's wrong. It's wrong because, um, uh, well, let me tell you when it can be right. It can be right when God gives you a revelation, right? In your study time, in your private time with the Lord, he gives you a revelation. He gives you a word, right? And then you uh, go to uh, preach that word. And you see that someone else, God has given the same word to. So in this case, it's not copy paste. It looks like copy paste, but it's really confirmation. Because if you see that someone, God gave this word, same word to somebody else and you thinking, oh gosh, God just gave me that same word. So should I still preach mine? God says, yes, preach it. Because in that case, I'm giving the same word to multiple people for the purpose of everybody knowing that this came from me. This is called confirmation. A lot of times when I come and drop a message, I will actually go and look afterwards um, the next day or whatever. I will go looking uh, to see if God gave that word to somebody else, because I know if God gave that word to somebody else that I know and trust as a true, you know, authentic uh, man or woman of God, then I, then it's confirmation from me for me. And I know, you know, it, it's not that I didn't believe God in the first place, but it, it's just God confirming like, yep, I said, I said that. I said that. That's what, that's where you on the right track. That's where we are. 
So it's it should be confirmation, not copy paste, not, you know, I didn't read. I didn't spend my time in, in the presence of God to get a word at all. <clears throat> Excuse me. So now I'm coming to you with something I picked up. I picked up off of somebody else's message. And now I'm coming preaching the same message to you. And I'm just going to put my little scriptures together a little bit differently so you can tell that it's not the identical same word, but it really is because I copy pasted. You see what I'm saying? And these kind of spirits, you know, they don't read their Bible like they should. That's why when you hear them pray and and when you your true, your the truth always comes out when you pray. It always prayer will show everything for what it really is. Why do I say that? Because people claim to know so much word, but the word has not been made flesh. They know what they heard somebody else say, but they did not get that word in them for themselves. And so now they will come and try try to repeat what somebody else said behind a pulpit or in conversations. But then when they stand, when they stand, uh, when they stand up to pray, The truth comes out because the Holy Ghost cannot lie. He's not going to bear witness to a lie. And the truth will come out. Now you're trying to approach the throne of God. You're coming before God and you can't come to him but one way, spirit and truth. So guess what? All that word that we thought you knew is not coming out now. So you're just praying, but you're not using the word. And we're supposed to use the word when we pray. You pray the word and otherwise you just, you know, you got a gun with no bullets. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't destroying nothing in the realm of the spirit. And please don't call it warfare prayer because that's not warfare prayer. And you're not using the word. That ain't warfare. You ain't got no bullets. What are you shooting with? Where's where's your weapon? I told you before, the Holy Spirit is like the gun and the word of God is the bullets. You need to load that clip and let them demons have it just like Jesus did in the wilderness. Let them have it. Let them have it. You need the Holy Spirit and the word. Jesus said, my word is spirit and my word is life. Right. Spirit and the word. Because that's what produces that firepower and the demons cannot stand the fire of God. So we talked about the corporate enslavement, um, whereas, you know, everything is set up like a corporation. It looks it mimics a corporation. The volunteers, the employees, they they need they need to uh, send you and send an email to this department. If you need to take time off, you know, uh, from church, you need to you need to, uh, you know, get permission. You need to send an email to make sure or or make sure that somebody is there to fill your spot, just like they do at the office. So it's this it's, it mimics the same thing. But this is not the church of the book of Acts. This is not how <laughs> Jesus church is set up. That's not how it was ran. It had order. Yes, but not to that degree where that thing is taking over. Now another entity has taken over and they are under, a, they are, are, this is called mind control. It is still witchcraft. It is still witchcraft. Ooh, Jesus, that hurt. I know that hurt, but it is still witchcraft. It's mind control. 
It's mind control. It is controlling people for your own, you know, agenda. You are the one putting together these events and these conferences and all this stuff. And, and, and they didn't ask for that. Now they got to get up and leave their family, you know, or drag them along. All kinds of, you know, all, all types of uh, all hours and, and all uh, days, you know, of the week and, you know, stuff that you otherwise would have been doing something, you know, else, something for your family. But now you got to drag them to this. I'm telling you, the prayer meetings, that was another thing. You know, the prayer meetings with us was every day of the week. We had one day, uh, Tuesdays, where we had, you know, praise and worship rehearsal, right? I was on the praise team as well. So I had to be there for that. I mean, and and then every other day of the week was prayer. You get, get off work, feed your kids, go to the church, seven o'clock prayer. And then after we prayed, the man of God would come in at the end of prayer. And then he would come in and he would, um, he would teach, he would preach uh, from the word. He going he finna load you up on the word. We would be sitting there till three, four, five o'clock in the morning. Leave there, go get you some Williams chicken and and roll your roll on home because you ain't had time to cook. You ain't had time to, you know, y'all having health problems. You wonder why you what wonder why you can't stop gaining weight. I mean, all kinds of stuff. She said Jesus didn't teach in walls. No, he didn't. Well, he did. He taught, he taught in the temple, but it wasn't all the time. And, um, you know, uh, that is exactly what the what God is establishing again is the church without walls. We need people in the temple and we need people outside of the temple. And if you can't live without the temple and don't realize that you are the temple, you already deceived. You already deceived. People in California went crazy when they shut down the churches over there and stuff like that. No, that was God saying, you know, check your check your stuff, check your foundation. You know, is it just you religious? That's what's wrong with you. You can't live without the church. No, you go home and have church because that's where it really started. So, you know, what I'm saying we 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 like she said, we are the body of Christ. We are the temple, you know, so this thing is a test and God is just, God is testing and, and testing the foundation. That's why I came to you several months back and I said, God said to check your foundation because a lot of the stuff that this, this church and stuff is uh, built upon is not the spirit of God. It's the spirit of antichrist people. Some people are still waiting for antichrist to come antichrist been here. Antichrist been here for centuries. Jesus said the Antichrist is already here. What you thought he was lying? But people are looking for Antichrist, talking about he coming. It, they think it's it's going to be a man, a person, or this or that. No, this it's a spirit that is operating in the body of Christ today. Antichrist. It looks like Christ. It sounds like Christ. It is not Christ. It is copy paste. I guess I'm not going to be able to preach that message because I already preached it. Okay, so we're going to pray and we are going to uh, close out because I ain't never been on here for this long, y'all. Never. And and this is not my fault. It's y'all's fault because <laughs> y'all keep 
talking on here. <laughs> so uh, my sister said the end times are here. Yes. And then she says everything that is happening now is in the book of Revelation. Yes. Amen. 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 And um, I have a message called Res Revelation uh, that confirms everything I'm saying. You know, I really went into detail and broke down in time prophecy uh, for you all. So if you haven't seen that or listened to that message, then, you know, go back and listen to that. And also the horse leech. I highly recommend that you listen to that. Um, so we're going to close out and uh, we're going to pray. And um, I, I just want to uh, thank you all, you know, for uh, being here and for, you know, um, uh, learning, you know, listening, you know, to what the spirit of God has to say, because, you know, this is this is a time where God is exposing because he know he knows that a lot of these leaders, they're not going to listen. You know, I dropped a word. He had me to bring a word that says, you know, that revival is not coming the way that people think revival is coming. It's not going to be revival like that. It is a way an awakening that is what's happening. And and the, and the revival is an individual revival. So we're going to see men and women. Uh, we're going to see people. Uh, being revived, you know, this is this is what he's talking about. Uh, without a, a, it's not going to be like people think, and, and it's coming out of this crucible of um, called the pandemic. You know, the the pandemic, and there's more coming. There's more stuff coming. We're in a season. We're in a very crucial season now, entering into fall. The ne these next three months, the devil done already set up his little assignments and strategies. We better be canceling them. We better be canceling them. So, you know, God has been warning us. Um, but he said when he when he told me to release that word, I said, God, I, I, you know, they're not going to listen. He said, I know they're not. He came back and he said, I know they're not. They're not. She said the plague. Yes. Pestilence is in the earth. The judgments of God are walking through the earth. Amen. So we're going to close uh, with a word of prayer. So, Father, I just want to thank you, Lord God, for the word that you dropped tonight, for the wisdom, for the knowledge, for the understanding that you brought forth tonight, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Father God, for each and every man, woman and child who is able to come across these recordings. Oh, God, even if they are a child, Father God, let them learn wisdom, uh, Father God, from these messages in Jesus mighty name. For you said we shall know the truth. All of us shall know the truth and the truth shall make us free. Thank you for the spirit of truth, Father God, that is walking up and down in the hearts and minds of your people on tonight. In Jesus mighty name, I pray over them, Father God, that you will release upon them the gift of discernment. Father God, for those that needed the gift of discernment, discerning of spirits in Jesus mighty name, according to your word. I pray, Father God, that you give them strength to break free. Uh, to break free uh, from these uh, prophetic uh, predators and from these uh, demonic and occultic uh, churches and, and leaders and, uh, and, and cults in the name of Jesus. Give them the strength to break free. I know it's not easy to break free. I was in it, Father. I know, Father God, it's not easy to let go because they teach us to never uh, to, to cover the man of God. They teach us, Father God, to, you know, to protect the throne. They teach us, Father God, to remain a pillar in the house and everything like that, Lord. So we know, uh, God, that it's not easy because the, the devil puts a spirit of confusion on us. 
but I remove that spirit of confusion right now. I rebuke that spirit of confusion from the minds of my brothers and sisters in the name of Jesus. I bind that Hallelujah. I bind that spirit of confusion and I cast you into the abyss right now. I banish you from the body of Christ right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I bleed the blood of Jesus against you. May the fire of the living God consume you now. For our God is not the author of confusion. He is the God of peace. He is the God of peace. I release the peace of God right now. The peace of God, the peace of God upon the minds of my brothers and sisters in Christ, upon their souls, peace be still and hear ye what the spirit of the Lord is saying unto the churches in Jesus mighty name. Let there be peace and let their peace remain in the mighty name of Christ Jesus. Father, I release the spirit of healing and restoration to those who have suffered these uh, these uh, uh, different types of abuse at the hands of clergy. I release the spirit of healing and restoration, not only to the victims, but also to the guilty. Also, Father God, to those, oh God, who were used to offend and to hurt the sheep. I release the spirit of healing and restoration upon you in Jesus' mighty name. I release the spirit of godly sorrow that leads a man to repentance upon you now in Jesus' mighty name. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is now. Repent for the kingdom of God is now in Jesus' mighty name. Repent. Father God, let them be healed. For you said healing is the children's bread. You said, Father God, that you were wounded, Lord Jesus, for our iniquities, bruised for, for our iniquities and wounded for our transgressions. And with your stripes, we were healed. Father, I claim that healing for my brothers and sisters, for all of us right now. Some of us are suffering in silence, confused, afraid. Some, some have backslidden and ran away from you, Lord. Because they thought because they were unable to to separate the man from 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 God in the man. And I'm praying tonight, Father God, that you would heal and restore them now in Jesus mighty name, that you will release, Father God, your the, the spirit of truth, Father God, to to uh, let your spirit of truth continue to speak to them. You said you sent your word and it healed them. Let your word that many of them are carrying your word. They are carrying your word. They are carrying the same anointing that you gave them, Father. You said your gifts and callings are without repentance. They are carrying what belongs to you. They are carrying the deposit that you placed in them. They are carrying it. But they have backslidden. But you said, I'm married to you. I am married to you. I am married to you, saith the Lord. He says, if you make your bed in hell, I'm there. If you ascend to the highest heaven, I'm also there. I'm married to the backslider, don't you remember? He says, you can't escape my love because my love covers the multitude of sins. 
and there is no fear in love. And faith worketh by love. He said, my love, my love for you is stronger than death. Stronger than death. Stronger than death. Come back to me, saith the Lord. Come back to me, saith the Lord. He's calling you back. Return unto me. Return unto me and I will return unto you. And it will be just like it was at the first. He's going to put you back on the track that you were on. And he's going to, and, and so, so you can continue and progress and move forward. But he said, I'm healing you. He wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. And he wants to put you back into your assignment in Jesus name. Come back to the Lord. Don't you remember the prodigal son? His father celebrated him. Come back to the Lord in Jesus name. I release the spirit of healing and restoration, the spirit of godly sorrow, the spirit of repentance, the spirit of brokenness and contrition, the spirit of humility. I break that strong man of pride in the name of Jesus by the power of the living God. I break the back of this spirit tonight. I release the fire of the living God to consume you now in Jesus name. Every spirit of pride, rebellion, lust, greed, Every spirit, every spirit of divination, witchcraft, sorcery, every predatorial spirit, I release the fire of the living God to consume you in Jesus' mighty name. I cast you out of the body of Christ in Jesus' mighty name tonight. Every lying demon in the name of Jesus, every spirit of falsehood and deception and manipulation, we bind you and cast you out. We scatter your networks in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We sever your ties in the name of Jesus. We break every ungodly soul tie tonight in Jesus mighty name. I open the prison doors for them that are bound. Come out now in Jesus mighty name. The Lord Jesus Christ sets you free. The Lord Jesus sets you free tonight. Be healed and be totally restored. Be made whole in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Father God. And I give you all the glory and all the praise for what you are doing and what you what will continue to manifest in the lives of these, your people. In Jesus' mighty name, give them boldness. You said the righteous are bold as a lion. Give them boldness and courage. I rebuke the spirit of fear. I release the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind upon them in Jesus' mighty name. Father, be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray and we, get, we give you thanks and we call it done. It is finished. Thanks be unto God who causes us to triumph always through Christ Jesus, our Lord, and not another. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So um, thank you all once again for uh, uh, being here. And I will be here tomorrow night. Um, tomorrow night we are um, 
doing 15 minutes of fire. This is called, this is what I call drive by prayer. <laughs> and we're going to be praying uh, tomorrow night. Um, and I have uh, some things that the Lord laid on my heart to pray about. Um, I still do drive bys. I just do them in the spirit now. Right. So we're going to unload on these demons tomorrow night. Right. So be ready. Come and be ready. Come with your, you know, with your guns loaded. Okay. And pray with me. Uh, in the spirit tomorrow night, 7 p.m. for 15 minutes of fire. Amen. I love you all. And uh, I pray that you uh, that you share this video uh, with someone who needs it. Amen. Uh, like, comment and share. Make sure to follow me, subscribe and like, comment and share to share uh, to spread the truth everywhere. That's my little slogan. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Love y'all. <laughs> and I will see you guys tomorrow night. God bless you.